Hello and welcome to the Coon Hunting University Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Duncan. And like always, class is in session. Coon Hunting University is brought to you by Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use discount code CHUPODCAST at checkout on nighthunters.com. Conkey's Outdoors, hunting and hound supply store. We stand behind Conkey's and is the only hunting supply store that we personally recommend here at Coon Hunting University. You can find out more at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook, Conkey's Outdoors, and give them a like. And GNR Cedar Dog Boxes. They make a high-quality cedar dog box at a great, affordable price. If you're in the market for a new dog box, reach out to Gavin at 615-962-5266. All right, so today me and Mr. Eddie have made the trip up to Belfast, Tennessee, and we're sitting here in Mr. James Love's house, going to conduct an interview. So, Mr. James, if you could, please tell the folks at home that are listening to this a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm just an old country boy. Coon hunted all my life about it. And I think I got started when I was about 10 years old with my grandfather. He was a fisherman, and a, we had a little old dog we called Brownie. She was a half hound and, and half shepherd. She wouldn't say anything on the ground, but she, she was a good tree dog, treated a lot of possums and a catch every polecat in the country. And that's the way I got started, out there hunting and fishing with him. And and one Christmas there, my, my dad bought me a, a red and black checkered wool coat for Christmas, wintertime. Well, one night there, my granddad, he said, you ready to go? He lived with us back in. I said, yes, sir, I guess so. so I'd get my hunting stuff together. And I said to myself, I said, it's pretty chilly. I'm just going to wear my new coat. So I got up there, and my granddad said, hey, you better not wear that. I said, oh, it'd be all right, Pop. So we went on. Bad idea. Little Brownie caught several polecats that night. We skinned them. Granddaddy did. They bought about a dollar to a dollar and a half a piece back in. Well, next morning for school, down there, I went to school. I was in the fourth grade. And I hung my coat up in the coat room. The coat room was real long, big windows in it. We put our lunch up on top, hang our coats up. Well, the sun got shining in the windows. Got to smelling an odor. The teacher said, what is that odor? And I don't forget who, who it was in. He said, I believe that's Love's coat, teacher. Teacher said, Love, come walk with me. We want the coat room. She said, is this your coat? I said, yes, ma'am get it, take it outside, it's a sunny day, and you sit out there on the porch, if you get cold, you can come back in, but don't bring that coat to school until the odor's gone. I said, yes, ma'am. So I didn't wear my good coat hunting anymore. <laughs> and things went on for that, and granddad passed away. What kind of dog did y'all have love when you first started? It little brownie she was half shepherd and half hound good tree dog so how was y'all's coon population back then 
treed one a year back there. What dog we had it had some hunters back in, but they didn't treat me either. So caught some in traps. Granddaddy, he caught some in traps. He was a trapper too, caught muskrats and stuff like that. But we didn't have many coons back in, not where we was at anyway. Was it easy to find a place to go hunting back then, love? Any uh, posted signs or keep out signs much? No, it wasn't a whole lot of posted signs back then. It, like, we lived in the country and all the people got along good and, and around. And they didn't care much for you hunting. And that there, and we'd rabbit hunt and squirrel hunt in the daytime. Little Brownie, she'd tree about as many squirrels as she would possums. But she, when she barked, she was treed. She didn't open on the ground. I sort of grew up, and when I was about, oh, I say about 15, we moved from Bedford County to Marshall County, which is this is Marshall County here where I live now. And uh, back then, I got my first job. I'd get 50 cents an hour at the lumber company. You know, nine hours a day during the summer. I was doing good. Well, my 16th birthday. I went to get my driving license, and we didn't have a car too good to get take a test in, so the deputy sheriff was awful nice. You just use my car, and I'll go with you, and I did. And I passed the test, and I said, I got to have me a vehicle. And Dad said, you think so? I said, yeah, I believe it is. So I got to looking around, I found this 48 model Dodge on the car lot, and it was for sale. For $50, started to run good. But the hood on that thing was as long as the body. And the gentleman there, he said, I said, well, can, can I pay $10 down and $10 a week till I get it paid for? He said, well, sure you can. And that's how I got my first vehicle. But that sucker, it run good, but you, you couldn't see out over it. The hood was so long on it. What was next after Brownie, love, and pleasure hunting? I know Brownie was your first dog. What What else did you, uh, after that one, what was your next dog to really kick you off, like in the hound dog hunting? Well, my uncle, Herman Carter is his name. He had a, a couple of hounds. He had a red bone and a black and tan. And I went with him a few times and had real good mouths. And they would tree a coon every now and then, like I said, he didn't tree many, and they sold they would tree possums. And we just had a big time there, and I got in my mind, I said, I believe I need me a hound. And it went on and on there. Then on my 17th birthday and around, I met my lovely wife. Well, I didn't hunt. That's a blessing. I didn't hunt anymore right then. For about a year there, she wrote. And on... When I turned 18, I talked to her endless getting married. She, and she accepted, and we got married when we was 18. And uh, moved up there, and around I met the Inslee boys, John Henry and Vital Inslee, that hunted for W.O. Stanfield back in. And uh, that was in 1960. Two when I met Vinyl and them. Now they had Danny Boy, right? No. No? No. No, they didn't have Danny Boy. Their first cousin did ever actually had oh, Danny okay. Boy. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I met Vinyl and we went started hunting with him. I didn't have a dog ever. He lined up and he said, Young man, you wanna start hunting? I said, Yeah, I'd sort of like it. 
He said, well, I got an old female here called Big Mama, and she was big. She'd weigh about 75, 80 pounds. Big old female. Good mouth. And also, I went hunting with him. He had a dog called Sailor's Ace. That's what he was hunting. Well, we got there, and I went to my first hunt. After about, oh, two or three months there, I got to learn the dog around. We went to a UKC hunt. Got up there, and you entered. UKC back in, $6 for restaurant, $4 for grade. That's for dinner. Well, I entered up, and luckily, I won my cast, and I got placed in the top 10. I won fifth place, first trophy. I tickled to death. So we kept on hunting around up there a little while. And uh, in 1961, Sailor Boy won the world hunt with Jimmy Hunter, which is a good friend of mine, turned out to be. He won with Sailor Boy. All right, there, we kept on the hunting there a little bit with what they had there. And uh, John Henry, which was Vinyl's brother, he hunted Sailor Jr., which is out of Sailor Boy. Well, he won the world hunt in 1964. Then I got to hunting with him pretty regular. And in 1965, Around there, I kept just knocking around local hunts and stuff like that, and around. And uh, in 1966, around there, they had, uh, I believe they had the world hunt at uh, Jackson, Tennessee. I'm going to brief for that. I didn't hunt in the world hunt that year. I just went down there a couple of days, see how everything was going on and around. And uh, we got back. And W.O. Stanville, which owned the sailor stock of dogs, he said, Pierre, that's what he called me. I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, you think you're ready for the big boys? I said, Mr. Stan, I don't know where I am or not, but I'll do the best I can do. He said, my partner, which his name was Big Woody, he was a big fellow. You see him in that picture. He said, me and Havers and the female is out of sailor boy. Her name is Corina. He said, we would like for you to take her to the world hunt. I said, okie dokie, I might be able to do that. Well, I started hunting her. And around up there, I said, well, I made a deal with the other fella to hunt his dog for him at, at the world hunt down there in that was the year of 1967 in Tupelo, Mississippi. He said, well, all right then. So I go to Tupelo, Mississippi, my first world coon hunt. First man I drawed out the first night with, James Merchant. That's where I met James Merchant. I got educated. <laughs> Fine gentleman. Me and him got to be real good friends. Make a long story short, I did not win. James won the cast. I had a big time. With it. What was he hunting, love? I was hunting a red bone female called Molly. For a fellow by the name of Ed Curtis. What was uh, Mr. Merchant hunting? He was hunting Banjo 2. Get out of here. Yep. Tell me about him a little bit before you go. Well, he was a gold hunting dog. Pretty good strike dog. A heck of a tree dog. And he pretty much had them coons when he got treed. And up through there. And uh, back then, dogs packed pretty good. They didn't... Uh, get off to himself a whole lot well i got all excited we turned the dogs back loose here they go to get strike there <laughs> and james he, <laughs> he turned around and laughed he said 
Boy, I don't need no help. What happened? We turned him loose. The dog. I remember, I've been banjo struck just like that. He said, "He said, hey, young man, I don't need any help." I said, "I said, I said, Mr. Merchant, excuse me." I said, I'm, "I just got all excited. I went ahead and struck my dog." Anyway, he wound up, like I said, wound up beating me. We had a big time. Was he? Was he? Was he a real nice tree dog? Love yeah. and had a good mouth. Oh yeah. Yeah, stand up on the tree dog. Yeah, one of the nicest you had hunted with at that oh, time. Yeah. He, he was really the one that put the classy tree dogs in the walkers, huh? Yeah, them no, or them, helped it, helped it a lot. Yeah, and huh? the old banjo dog. One, yeah, well, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one did Mister JC buy? He bought the old banjo dog. Mister JC had him right and bred a lot of females to him. I don't know how many JC bred. Bred some to him. I don't know exactly how many. Sure. Back to the world hunt. Like I said, I was real excited. Had a good time. Got beat. But I seen right then, I said to myself, I'm going to have to do a little bit of thinking how to operate in this kind of competition. Okay. Drawed out the next night. Lord and behold, I drawed Mr. Burton on me, which he wound up winning the world hunt that year down there at uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. That's where it was held at. English man. Yeah, he was an English man. Yep. They yep. say he was a heck of a gentleman. He was a good fella. Nice to hunt with. And around, had a good dog, too. Yep, he had a good dog. I got a quick question, love. Back then, how long did a cast last? Three hours. Three hours. Okay. Did you win a cast that year? No, sir, I did not. I don't think I hunted, but uh, I hunted three nights down there, I think. It wasn't I didn't hunt anymore. Did, did Elvis show up? <laughs> No, well, was, that's about it. When he was around Tupelo back then, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I, I didn't see him. Let me ask you this: Was, was that uh, Van Sant Sam? Wasn't that uh, what he won the world hunt with? That was correct, Van Sant Sam. Yep. Okay, I remember reading about him in the books. Yeah, he sort of a blanket back English type dog. Good dog, love. Oh yeah, he was that night. Didn't he? Good mouth. Had a good <laughs> mouth. Yep, he had a good mouth. Where'd you go from there? You just, you kept hunting UKC and then would hunt the ACHA world hunt every year or, you know, where, where'd you kind of progress from there? Yeah, from right there, I made my first world hunt then and I went all the way and uh, I went in 1969 at Bloomfield, Iowa. I hunted the Corina female for W.O. Stanfield out there and had a real good time. I drawed out with uh, Leroy Penny, I think, one night, and I drawed out with uh, Joe House one night on Chief. Get out of here. You hunted with Chief Love? Yes, sir. Tell me about him. You know, I got to ask. Yeah. Chief was a real heck of a tree dog. He wasn't a real good strike dog. Well, not that I hunted with him. I don't know how he was. What kind of mouth? And he was the type dog that uh, going to say get by yourself mostly. He was type dog. Did did get by himself more than what I seen back in, you know. Good mouth. Had a good mouth. Good locate. Good locate. Yep. Pretty good about having the coon. He was a little honorary sometimes, but uh, like I said, you got educated when I got started out in my younger days. I hunted with the tough boys by George, and if you listen to them, they teach you a little something you might not want to do it their way. But uh, if he's going to win, you better step up to the microphone and. Sure. Well, let me ask you another question. We got all the LEDs and everything now. What was was y'all running on weak lights back then? Is that what y'all was using? 
wheat lights. Wheat lights, is that what you yep. had? That's what it was. My first light I had was a big old dyno light, had eight batteries in it that I snung around my neck. And uh, going back to Biden Lindsley, he said he had a, a wheat light. And uh, the fellow he got it from up there, we went over one day, and he had a, a yellow light. It was yellow colored better instead of a red. It was a, a mine spotlight, what they used in the mine. So I bought that thing from him. It worked real good, but it got to leaking. It eat the whole side of my pants out there. By the time I got home the next morning, we hunted about all night that night. But I got rid of that thing, and I bought me a wheat light. Hit the charger and all was sixty dollars. That's what it cost back in when I got my first one. Going back to the world hunt in '69, out there we had a real good weather was bad and all. I drove some good dogs out there, but luckily I got beat. I got Carolina Casey. People talk about slobbermouth tree dogs. Mr. Jim Matthews, that was his name. He wore a pair of leather welding gloves that come up to here. When you go in there to handle that sucker, he would reach it, get you just like that on each arm, and he slobbered so bad it looked like a, a white of egg beat where you just poured it on you. Now, he was a nice tree dog, too. Real good tree dog. Good mouth. Good mouth. Well, yeah. uh, he had a good mouth. Well, let me ask you this, love. Uh, ever since I was a boy, they talked about he won the world championship back to back. That was just an awesome achievement, wasn't it? Yes, it was. He was on 1968 and 69. He beat out Mr. Charlie Moore with, with Moore's old Charlie in 68. He beat him out. Mr. Moore was, I don't know where anybody ever remembered him or not, but a real good fella. I got introduced with him with uh, Mr. Laverne Miller. Little Miller's Rock. Oh, my goodness. Did you hunt with Rock? I did. Oh. Hunt with Rock hunted with Mr. Laverne Miller. He was a good, nice fella. You wouldn't want to meet a better fellow than him. I've heard that all my life, and they even had a special award. I heard the Laverne Miller Award that's uh, alive and kicking. I yep. mean, everybody when I was a boy, they, they when they spoke of him, they mostly said mister. But getting back to the world hunt in 69, like I said, the weather was awful bad up there. It rained cold. Ooh, it was cold. And uh, we were staying in a, a tent at a floor, and water got Rains of bad water got up in it, and the people was cooking around on there. This gentleman, I don't know what his name is, him and his wife lived by the self, had a big farmhouse about a mile in there behind the fairgrounds. And uh, we got to talk to them. She said, uh, young man, she said, well, don't you and you, buddy, we got a big old house. Just come down and stay with us, get out of this cold weather. And I said, well, whatever John Henry wants to do. John Henry, here we were bunking together. And he said, no, man, we'll just stay up here, but we appreciate it. She said, well, you're more than welcome. There's nobody down there but just me and my husband. So that was awful nice in them. Well, to get, get back there, we had uh, two good nights of hunting. Well, it started the, the band show. W.O., he said, Pierre. I said, yes, sir. That's why they called me for some reason or other. He said, uh, you want to show son in the band show? I said, Mr. Stan, I said, I ain't never showed a dog in the, on the bench. He said, oh, it ain't be no problem. He said, we do a little practicing. So we got around on the bleachers where you sit, nobody around. Old son, he was stood up pretty good anyway. He said, oh, yes, yeah. that that looks good. I said, well, all right, you end him up, I'll show him. 
But Lord, and behold, the bank show started, and I wound up winning the world championship bank show with Sailor Son. Well, I ain't that something. Back in those days, ACHA, I'd always heard there was one hunt during that time, and that was ACHA. Uh, was there just a lot of people there, more than today's hunts, or were there a lot of people just looking, a lot of people hunting? Was it as big as everybody said there was only one hunt? Oh, yeah, that's all everybody went to. They said it was only one true world hunt, and that was ACHA world hunt. And it was, they run anywhere from 500 to six, seven hundred dogs, your dogs at, at the hunt, at the world hunt, and it, it was pretty big. And then it got there for right on the end, and I in the eighties, I believe the last in nineteen eighty eight, around there before then, they started drawing them in a pill book to hunt at even and odds. When you entered your dog for the world hunt, you had an even number you'd hunt on a Monday night, for instance, and. The, odd number of people that got so big. I think the biggest one we ever had was at uh, Flora, Illinois, down there. That's uh, I think that's the well I know it was. That's the first year I hunted old Missouri Porter in it. And he had, uh, I believe it was 600 and something odd inches that we had. Wow. But, yeah, that was the only true world hunt back then you know everybody got ready to go to the world hunt well let me ask you another question i always heard if a a, a male dog won the acha world hunt back then just what did that mean for the man that owned him and and the stud dog all yoder nylon and razor hunting gears latest products are now available for pre-order and will ship september 6th just a couple of the featured products that are now being produced by razor a strap vest that comes standard with a garmin handheld pouch padded thermal pouch water bottle pouch a cell phone zipper pocket chap strap loop a d-ring for lanyard another one of the amazing products is the competition belt which features a garmin pouch a 10 inch utility pouch padded thermal pouch water bottle pouch and is all conveniently located on a two inch nylon belt to ensure the minimum amount of footprint on your body all these new innovative products will be available for purchase at automotes razor hunting gear designed by coon hunters for coon hunters well it meant that he had a world champion he was the best that year and they would put him up for breeding program back in i think you hundred dollar maybe 150 was the top money back in i think it might have did jump up to 200 later on in the years and they got the privilege of breeding their dog and and raising pups and that's just the way that that acha was back in it was on this true world hunt that had to go to of course there was a lot of uh qualifying hunts around acha qualifying hunts at different places you know that you had to go and you had uh your representatives there, they would go out with you and look at your dog right, right at the end and see if he'd tree a coon and stuff like that. I don't know what that was for, but that's what they did. And well, you you placed in the top 20 several times. How many times, Love, were you in the top 20 of the ACHA World Championship? Seven times. I think that's correct. I put Porter in two years in a row. And I put the primetime lead dog in two years in a row. That's four. 
I put a female belong to Mr. Paul Holt out of Paducah, Kentucky. Put her in the top 20 for him. That's five. And the TV dog that we bought off of Mr. Ed Bates, English dog called TV, I put him in the, in there. And uh, Lead? Was it Lead? You got in the final cast with uh, which one? Primetime lead. Primetime yep. lead. Yeah, wind up winning third that year. How close you come to winning it all, love? I had to have a coon right on. The, if I had a coon right on the first start of the den tree, I'd have won it all. But didn't after that. I, I think we uh, treed one coon. I didn't have no part of it, and uh, and caught one on the ground that night. And uh, Englishman, Indiana. Uh, Mr. Rafe. Yeah. Mike Rafe. Yeah, he won it. Yep. That's awesome, though, to be in the top 27 times and in the final of the cast. Well, twice because you had that female uh, in one time. Corina, you said, and then Leeds, you got him in. So uh, that's awesome, love. Yeah, it was pretty good. But I never did pull it off and win the big one, but I got close. What year did you get your first cast win of the ACHA World Hunt? How many years did you hunt in it before you got a cast win? In the World Hunt? Yeah. Well, uh, we'll go back to, uh, let me see, where I went to that I didn't hunt that year. And the first one I went to was in 67 when Ben said Sam won it. And I didn't win a cast down there. My best of my not. I know I didn't. I didn't win a cast down there. But my first cast winner that I got was 1968 with Corina in the World Championship. And a minute ago when you talked about Porter, I really liked Porter. When uh, we first started, that was the dog you was pushing. And you know I liked old Porter. But out of all the good memories in ACHA you had, love, if you was to just tell me one or two of the best memories of ACHA hunts, what what would that be? What the best one I can remember? I had a lot of good ones. I don't know where I could just single one out or not. You know, I had I had good hunts about every time I went and drawed some good sportsmen. Of course, I've drawn some that weren't too good of sports like you do today, but you had to deal with what you drawed with. My favorite, I, I, I don't really know where I had a favorite. Like I said, I enjoyed them all. I met a lot of good people. I can't remember a lot of them's name. Ed Bates and I got to be good friends. And uh, and Bob Wagner, I got to hunt with him, an old bandit. And we was good friends. And all. I don't reckon... I probably got some out there I don't know about, but if I got an enemy in the coon hunting world, I don't know it. I've never heard of him. Well, let me ask you this, love. You you know what's coming. Mr. Buddy Gilbert and Crown Billy. Did you hunt with Mr. Buddy and, and Crown Billy, world champion Crown Billy, 1972, if I'm correct? I did. I hunted with old Billy. Tell me about him a little bit. Well, old Billy was a strike dog to looks. And a good tree dog. <laughs> and, uh, That's what we call them? <laughs> yeah. And by George, like I said, dogs back then, they would, you know, sort of pack together. And I hate to say this, Mr. Buddy's gone. He might get at me for saying it, but I'll just tell the truth about it. If a dog got treed out there on an old bandit, old uh, Billy was over yonder 100, 200 yards right-handed, so to speak, a dog had five minutes to get to the tree back then. You know, it wasn't no cut down, no thing. 
And you could see there when that dog got treated over yonder, if Billy wouldn't treat, that track would come all the way to that dog. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to get his 75, trip. wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he have to look to do that. What about a 73 world champion, Bean Blossom Buck, Mr. Pride Gann? I hunted with him, pleasure hunted with him before he won it. And round through there, and he he was a good, had an awful good mouth. And uh, trying to think of who he got him off of, he got Hamilton, him. wasn't it? Huh? Carl Hamilton was Carl that Hamilton. right? Hamilton. Yep, yep. That's who he got him off of. And uh, I draw pride right after he had book in the cast there. Back pride, I've gone down there and went pleasure hunt with pride several times. Man, Hugh Curtis and some more down there. And uh, he said, "Look," I said, "Yeah." He said, uh, you want to be one or you want to be two? I said, what are you talking about, Brad? He said, we hunt together. It's going to have to, both of them named Buck. I was hunting a dog uh, called uh, Plum Orchard Buck. Right there, that's what I was hunting. And uh, he said, you want to be one or two? I said, I don't know, whatever you want to be. He said, you just be one, I'll be two. He said, when we strike a tree, you said, buck one, buck two. You get that? <laughs> so we had a pretty good hunt that night, and uh, he wound up beating me, which old buck was hard dog to beat, and Mr. Pride was an awful good handler. And uh, we went down there pleasure hunting. Now, I don't know if anyone had old finisher. And Mr. Pride down there, he had a, a big old stump where a tree had been cut down next to the dog pen. And we getting ready to go hunting. He got old Finn out, and he sat down on that stump. He was looking at him. And I told Hugh Curtis, I said, what are you probably doing? He said, he's talking to Finn. I said, talking to him? He said, yeah. He said, he talks to his dogs. I asked him about it. He said, yeah. I said, you got to let the dog know what, what you expect out of him, what you want to do out of him. You got to talk to him, get things better. I said, hmm. I guess and I asked Proud, I said, did you talk to him? He said, every time I carry him hunting. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Pride told me several times, he said, if you're going to be a winner, son, you look like a winner. Yeah. He said, you dress like a winner. <laughs> and uh, when you're talking about that, he also told me about friendship. He said, let me tell you what I expect out of my friends. He said, and my friends can expect that out of me. I, re I remember Buck was the first world champion I ever led to. Uh, that was a, a good time. Mr. Pride was special. All right, I'm going to move on and just, uh, and just ask you about Diamond Jim. What about him, love? Diamond Jim, so to speak, he come out of a a dog shelter. Well, that's true or not, I don't know. That's where they said they got him at. Um, let me see what that guy's name was that owned him. For for those who I love thinking about that, uh, Jim, he won the ACHA Little World Hunt, Grand American, and World Championship all in the same year. That was history, wasn't it, love? Yes, sir. It sure was. That old Diamond Jim was a good dog, too. He's a little... I guess he was about a 60, 65-pound dog. Had a few ticks on him, but he was a coon dog. Well, you mentioned Finn a minute ago. Did you hunt with old Finn, Finisher? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, love. Tell me about Finisher. Oh, Finisher was a good dog, go hunting. Good track dog. Mr. Pride tells you the same thing. When Finisher, he never did really start what you call turning into a coon dog until he was about four-year-old. Run Fox. Ah, he would run them suckers. Then he finally got slowed up on them quit and got the tree and coons like he's supposed to in around. And uh, Pride, he said, he's the only dog I ever had. He said he can strike an old sow coon when there's a little ones. 
He said, old Sal Coon, put them coon, them little ones up, so to speak. If she didn't, she'd keep right on going. He'd take right on, keep right on after. Right up there in them little coon clumps, he'd mark that tree he would locate. And he'd stay right at that old coon. Get her treed, go in there to have her, turn him loose. He'd just shoot right back behind her like he was going back to that tree. He'd go back there where he had to put that kittens up. Bam. Three of them go over there and have them. He said he was real good about doing that. I didn't see him do it, but I know Pride wasn't going to tell no story about it. No, he told me that that same story. But uh, and this is uh, seventy ACHA world champion, Mr. Pride told me that story, and also he told me something interesting. He said Finn uh, would stay treed one hour. He said if it was going to take you over an hour to get to finisher. He said, you was wasting your time. Yeah. He said he had, had an internal <laughs> clock. Yeah, that's what he said. He said he was fixing to do something different. What about Tom Tom, love? And I'm going to let you tell you the rest of your story, but are these dogs I want to know about? World champion houses, Tom Tom. Did you ever hunt with him? I never hunt with Tom Tom. Okay. No, I never hunted with him. I never hunted with Tom Tom. No, I'm hunted, but uh, uh, let me see. Joe Houses' dogs, I hunted, but uh, called Houses Pepper. But Joe Don, Joe Houses boy, hunted him. I hunted with him one time. But the dogs I hunted with Joe with, including old chief, like I said, he was a pretty good dog and all. Joe had a dog called Clint. How's it Clint? In my opinion, I hunted with Clint a couple of times. I liked him better than any of the Howdy dogs I hunted with. I didn't hunt with all of them, but I really liked his style. I liked the way he done it. He'd have a coon when he get treed. Good tree dog. Like I said, I'm fortunate I got something with all of the, the better dogs back in my younger days and met some real good people and they taught me a whole lot, and I learned a whole lot from them. You was paying attention. I'll give you credit for that. You had to pay attention. You didn't go to sleep. You you, you give me some lessons on crappie fishing and coon hunting, <laughs> and I ain't forgotten either one of them. But uh, all right, I'm going to ask you one more question, and I'm going to hush. Out of all these dogs we sat here and talked about, I seen Diamond Jim when you said him and when you said finisher, but I'm not making no decisions. October's not far off. Out of all them dogs we've talked about you've hunted with, if we were going to the PKC World Hunt in their prime, what, what dog would you take would you love out of those we just talked about? All the ones that we just talked about? Oh, if I just had to grab him up and go down there in the round, I guess I would uh, I'd grab the old buck dog, old bean blossom buck. Yeah, he, I kind of liked him too. Yeah, he treed coons. And, and layups too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was a good layup dog. How competitive you think uh, they would be versus dogs that were that are hunting in that world hunt? You know, but the dogs I, back in versus yeah, the dogs well, today. <clears throat> as far as you know, we're talking about the elites. As far as you know, Bean Blossom Buck and all them. How competitive do you think that they would be in the in the hunts today? Well, I believe they might hold their own, but I don't believe they could win like the dogs here today. With because these dogs today, they just. Uh, Ain't no track dogs left out there in the country anymore. Very few track dogs left. They breed for tree dogs. They don't. You ask a man about his dog today, most of the time, oh, he's a good tree dog. Get in there and get treed, but they never say nothing about the tracking abilities. A track dog, in my opinion, is the one who can strike a track out there and take that sucker on in yonder and get it treed and work it. And if he loses it, find it. And most of them today, when they take a track in there and they lose it and they can't find it, they'll just come treat on the first big tree that they come to and they won't have nothing. A dog making trees, that don't excite me a bit. If they make one tree a night and got a cone, I'm happy. If they make 10 trees a night and I don't see nothing, 
he ain't my cup of tea. I ain't going to follow him. I'll walk 10 miles with one treat, but I ain't going to walk 50 yards to get one to go hunting. He's got to go hunting. People say, love, old as you are, where you want a dog lay? I said, hey, I've never treated any coons under my feet. And I said, he's got to go hunting. I said, I'm not going to lead one that won't go hunting. He, that's the way one's got to do for me. I don't think the the dogs back in, like I said, they was coon dog, track dogs. I know how to trip coon, bad tracks, but it'd be hard for them to compete with these dogs we got today. There's a lot of good dogs out there today. I've hunted with some good ones, and I've hunted with some bad ones, and I guess I got a bad one because I ain't done much winning here lately, but I do the best I can. You know, love, uh, I want to interrupt you just a minute here. You have been the president of the Tree and Walker Association for many years of PKC. You've been on the executive board of PKC. You've uh, judged the final cast of the PKC World Championship. You've been on the uh, panel of so many hunts from the truck hunt to the world hunt. You're on the top. 100 handlers in PKC history. You're on the top open event competitors in PKC history. You've won the super stakes. You've won the futurity. You've won a lot. You've been there, done that, love. So uh, uh, you're in the PKC Hall of Fame, and you was on the first ballot elected by your peers. And a lot of times people talk about – being on a panel or being a final judge. I said, well, now this is just my opinion. It starts with honesty. Your peers know you're honest. You know the rules. You take it serious. So we're going to get on back to you ain't won nothing lately, but I just had to say that. We're talking about a legend in our sport. And I told Tyler on the way up here, I said, he answers to about three things, love, love man, or pawpaw. I said, so this dude right here is the real deal. So anyhow, back with your story, love. This ain't about me. Well, go back to the my world hunt career. I think we stopped at 69. And I went in 1970. Up there, I hunted a, a black and tan dog at uh, Roar Berthold Head, 1970, called Rock. He was, a, he was a good dog for a black dog. He was out of town, young stock dogs. And uh, come drawing out time, I went down there with Mr. Jarvis. He come down there, and Grand Baron is trying to buy my dog. And I said, well, he don't belong to me. He belongs to Roy Berthold. And uh, where well, they went to talk to Roy. Roy didn't want to sell him at that time. So come drawing out time, we draw it out. And I had to hit the right. I went to get my dog. Went down there. I don't see my dog, which he was standing there, but didn't see him. Somebody, I had an idea who done it. About four or five got to laugh, and they've got some white scotch tape. Taped his tail up solid white. His ears were solid white with tape, and had it stuck on along his back like spots, you know. I said, what are you doing? He was shaking, trying to get that off of him. I said, John Henry? He said, don't look at me, look. I said, Jimmy Hunter? He laughed. He said, I don't know what happened. He walked down here, and that's the way it was. I said, all right, then. So I got all that stuff off of my dog. And I went on a hunting, and make a long story short, he was a good strike dog and a good tree dog. And when I was there, I treated two coons just as fast as you could trim 100 to 100. Oh, I was tickled to death. 
cut the sucker back, run it back to hunting again. I got a hundred and a hundred go in there. It's a slick. Hmm. Turn back a loose. And I, of course, like I said, I got a hundred and a hundred again through the night, get in there. Boom, it was another slick. I got scratched. <laughs> I treat two coons about as fast as you go to them, and I treat two slicks just as fast. Then 1971, the whole world hunt was held at Jackson, Tennessee. Down there, that's the year Danny Boy won it. Went down there and had a big time down there. I didn't do any good down there either and around. But come entertaining night, they had a special guest to show up. And Lord and behold, we got there, we was under this big tent and had this pole in the middle. Big pole helped it up, of course, everything was right up through there. Here he come walking through that door, he holler, whoo, shoot this thing. <laughs> Jerry Clyer. <laughs> Jerry Clyer. <laughs> Boy, I mean, he, he put on a good show. He talked about over the dogs, old Brumman, Little Red. Highball. Old Highball. Trailer. Yeah, boy, he, he was in there. Had, had a big time. Old Marcel led better. He said he went up through there. And said, he climbed this tree. Got up there. He had a sharp stick in the back of his pocket. He got up there. And you take it again. He said, knock him out, John. He said, whoo, I can't. This thing up here ain't no He's got his stick front. He said, y'all shoot up in here amongst us. We got to have some relief. But I can't tell it like he did, but he put on a real good show. And that's your Danny boy, wasn't it? Down there. And that made three, well, four world champions come from Marshall County. Right up there. We had uh, Sailor Boy, Sailor Junior, and uh, Danny Boy, and uh, Corina. All come from this little old... Marshall County town. That's where they all come from. And I'm going to go ahead and ask you again, but I'd always asked you about those dogs, but you told me the Sam dog, was he his brother? And you said he was the, a real dog too. Sam was a full litter mate to Danny Boy, and he was as white as a snowball and had two sort of blended calico ears like, and he was a coon trend machine. And Creed Smith wound up buying him and, uh, and Sam, coming with him, final hunt him in the world hunt, Creed Smith. And if I'm not mistaken, he got in the top 20 more than any one dog that I ever knowed of before he died. But the last year that he hunted him in it, he was uh, 12 year old. And Creed got in the top 20 in the night they hunted by himself. And I told him, he said, I never, as long as I had him, never seen him do it. And he went to the first tree to get it to, and the old rascal had a possum got scratched on his last world hunt. Get out of here. Yeah. He, he was a good one. Danny Boy was a good dog, but Sam was the better dog. And 71 and 72, a crowd and Billy won it. I didn't do any good up there. And 73, old Buck won it. And 74, I believe Diamond Jim was the winner. In 75, was uh, Tennessee Lee, Billy Ledbetter, and Pride Gannon together. He was a pretty good dog. I hunted with him a couple of times. And in 76, uh, Mr. Bob Wagner went it. In 77, it was an a English dog went it. Spike, I believe his Spike, name was yeah. Spike. Yeah. Uh, Got to get back on that. I said Bob Wagner. Bob didn't. He wanted in '78. Six was Tom Tom. Huh? '76 was Tom Tom. Yep. 
Yeah, 78 with Bob Wagner. In 79, it was uh, Ed Bates with Old Cash. I think I'm right on that. In 80, didn't have a world champion that year. They didn't trail Coon final guess. I think that was a female. Yeah, Frankie, I think Frankie Dukes took them down there to Snuff Hunting Club out of Columbus, Mississippi. And uh, we hunted there a good bit. But that particular night, they didn't trail Coon. I remember that. And I think in 82, Red Eagle Dick, I would judge on Cassidy hunted by himself. Pretty nice dog glove. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't uh, what you call a real good strike dog. Well, you couldn't com- compare him out there by himself, but went hunting good, had a good mouth. Did he tree layups? Get tree, yeah. What happened to the layup dogs, love? Have you seen a good one lately? Yep, the only layup dog that I've seen, what I call a layup dog, he's right down there. What happened to him? I don't know. I just don't know. It just. Hot tracks all dogs looking for these days. You can turn them loose. You know yourself, you can turn a dog in a four-dog pack today in PKC or anywhere, just turn them loose. If they don't strike pretty quick, which they don't, when they do, they four different directions, and they're gone. And when they do, they're looking for a hot track. They ain't looking for just a coon. They're looking for a hot track, and that's kind of the tree. And most of the time, you'll kill the hunt out time you go to all them trees, you know. Conkey's Outdoors knows that keeping up with the latest in hunting technology can be expensive. That's why they're proud to offer amazing financing options from 30 days same as cash to 0% interest for 6, 9, 12, and even 18 months, depending on your credit score and the amount you spend. If you've been eyeballing that new thermal or want to upgrade to the latest in tracking system technology, go find out more on the web at conkeysoutdoors.com or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, stop by and visit. They'd love to have you. Conkey's Outdoors. Houndsman helping houndsman. That's why they wanted to put the rule in and no lease lock, but it had us up and down. It could be six of one, half a dozen of the other. But way it is today out there, uh, people don't want you hunting much anymore. They get more particular. The landowners are. And they say, hey, you can't turn that dog loose right here. You get off of here. Well, what are you going to do with an old lease lock? That dog's got to stay there. Do you get off this man's property somewhere through you on her? So that was my opinion about that because it worked either way. It worked for you or it could work against you. So I didn't see no big deal with it. A lot of people made a big deal out of it, but I didn't. Let me ask you this, love, changing gears a little bit, and you know I'll do that, PCA. Now, I know your history in ACHA, a heck of a record, good memories. But when about what year did you join PCA, and what pulled you over there? Well, if I'd have joined PCA back when I first went to it, I'd have been a, a three, maybe a two, maybe a three-digit number. But I was hunting for Roy Burchill when PCA started at that time and the uh, first PCA hunt they had down there was at uh, Jackson, Tennessee it was a pro hunt that's all they had back in $4,000 purse and down there we was all down there and uh, hunted Mr. T.C. Jones with old Rattler and a little blue tick female from Orange City, Tennessee I forget the boy's name and hers they wound up with only two dogs left to hunt, and they had to hunt on Sunday night because they didn't make a tree. 
on Saturday night. They trailed all night. Along some come Sunday night, that out there and a little female wound up winning the first pro hunt for $4,000. And after that, she just vanished. I reckon never hear nothing from her anymore. And they had a few more like that and Roy. And uh, he said, I don't know whether this is my cup of tea or not. Right out there. So Jarvis won't know about a judge firm or something. I said, well, I don't mind. So I got a set of rules and got to read them and everything. Had some pretty good boys down there. And I judged there, I don't know, a year or two, I guess. Then I didn't hunt them anymore. And when I got back to hunting in PCA again, that's when I started hunting for JC. Yep. And we joined up then. And I've been with PKC ever since. But back then, I hunted with Jarvis. He had a he furnished the stopwatches the judges in. They went around twice for a minute. And he, I still got mine out there in the truck. And uh, he had to turn it back in. And after they had them numbered on the back, back there when stuff happened, I forget, separated there, and Jarvis sort of went downhill there for a while. Then, it, you know, it went broke two or three times. Sure. Like that. So I got to keep my watch. And... Uh, we was up at the uh, Breeder Showcase, and I was staying in the room with the... Uh, anyway, we was talking about hunts was starting out, and I said, yeah, I got my first. He said, you do? I said, he said, let me see it. I went out the truck and got it. He got on the telephone and pulled up the West Clock deal, what it says on there and all, when it was made and all. He said, uh, you know how much that watch is worth, look? I said, I don't have a clue. He said, look here. $320 antique. I said, well, I'm a poor boy, but I'm going to keep my watch. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. And I still got it. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this before you get started again, love with the story. If somebody that had never known Jarvis Humpers, make that Mr. Jarvis Humpers, I called him Tater, but believe me, my respect level is tremendous. But if somebody come up to you and said they had never met Mr. Jarvis Humpers, or didn't know him, and they said, Love, tell me just a little bit about him. What would you say? I would tell you that he was a fine feller, a good sportsman, but he would beat your hind if you hunted with him out there, and he knew what it take to win out there. Matter of fact, him and I drew out together in the ACHA hunt on night there, and we're doing pretty Me and him argued pretty good back in the olden days and around. Did you say argue? Argue? Debate? Yeah. Yes, sir. You've been in a, deba a debate before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, been in, been in some pretty good battles before. And uh, and I love him to death. He's as good a friend as I ever had. And uh, we got this dog treed. I treed. And he treed. He said, love, you treed my dog. Judge. I said, no, Jarvis, that's all my dog. He said, love, I'm telling you, that's my dog. The judge said, I don't know. Which one it is, but said, we're going to decide when you get there. With this other guy in the cast, I don't remember who it was, he never said a word. We walked to the tree. Lord and behold, this man steps up. He said, Judge, do you need a call? He said, this is my dog. And it was. <laughs> I looked at Jarvis. I said, you don't know your dog? He said, 
Do you? <laughs> I said no. I guess not. But Jarvis, he's a real good fella. Man, him been friends for years, and and like I said, me and him had some arguments before. We disagreed on rules before, and, and everything, and all. But we always compromised, and we got up, and after that's over, we shook one another's head, and that was it. He just. Uh, and one of the best promoters, he wasn't scared to speak up and ask for what he needed to help out with. I mean, he was a good promoter. Won't never be another promoter like Jarvis Humphreys because he wasn't scared to say what he needed help on or what he would do. And he would get the best deal cut for you if it's any way possible. He, he would have it. Yeah, that's why the... Truck hunt was down there for so many years on Counter Jarvis down there, being friends with Mr. Roger down there and all. And if he was still living and in good health, I believe he could get it back there again. I just had that much confidence in him, like he won't, like he would say, Jarvis, what do you think about having a hunt over yonder? Well, I, I thought about that, but let me see what I can come up with. And Lord and behold, you didn't watch it. He'd have that hunt at that spot. Yeah, he he just he just that kind of promoter, and boy, the rules and stuff is what set set it apart. But, well, let me ask you this: back in the day when you switched, if you went to ACHA hunt, and I'm not talking about any organization, but was there that big a difference between the rules, uh, love, or or that much difference in people that was paying attention that was there to compete? Was there a difference, I guess, is what I'm asking. Well, it was, uh, back then, Ruth needed some changes. And uh, and around and after I went back into it, when I started hunting with J.C. Right up there, I joined up and was a member. And uh, Jarvis thought enough of me with my abilities to verge us to ask my opinion on some stuff in Ruth. So I got to sit up there, me and Mr. Tam Young, and Tam and I come up with some of the rules that PKC's got. The shining rule at a tree. Where you used to have get in there and you had the first five minutes and the judge up there and the dogs prattling out you under you couldn't blow the squalor and all of that. And it took me about two sessions that we have a meeting at the World Hunt every year on the rule changes and stuff to get that chain. I tried to and finally got it through the head that that dog out there wouldn't come to that tree trading around, was interfering with this dog as much as you say blowing the squatter was interfering with that dog. I said, I believe our rules state you, the dog runs, strikes, and trees a coon and do all you can do to score that dog. I said, that's what needs to be done, score this dog. That dog out there don't need to be scored. He's not doing nothing. And well, I don't see a thing in the world wrong when you walk in there to shine and squall, pull vine, whatever you can do for the full eight minutes. And it took about two years. I was come up that and the squirrel route. I, I was the one that got that changed and tried to explain to him. And and uh, Mr. Roy, he, he agreed with me. said, because they get scratching me that night at the world hunt. And I was in the semifinals. Old Porter took a coon all the way across the field, plowed field, and come treat in this big beech tree right at the end of the hunt. I've got the cast one at this point. We go in there and shine this tree. It got vines on it. It's got a nest in it. We squall. I don't see nothing in around up through there. And uh, I told somebody, I said, just shake that vine there. Shook a vine. Went into that nest and said, but little did this dang flying squirrel come out of that sucker and phew, hit the ground. Roy said, circle it up. 
went up there and uh, board over here at Tennessee under Weber and Kelly. He was in the judge. Oh, Judd, Mr. Mr. He said, Mr. Kelly. Judd, he said, uh, I want to question that. That dog had a squirrel tree. Roy said, oh, come on. He said, that, shook that vine, that flying squirrel come out of that nest. He said, that dog treat off game. He said, I'm going to question this. Well, the hunt's over. We go put up a panel. And lo and behold, they scratch me. I come unglued. And after that, put up there, I said, boys, that, that ain't right there. I said, everybody knows that dog didn't take that squirrel, flying squirrel, all the way across that field in there and tree in that tree. I said, it had to be a coon there in that hole or somewhere or something. So that's where the the rule come into play about uh, if a squirrel was seen in a place of refuge and a hole come out of a hole, that's where a coon could be, then it would be deleted. So that's where that come in and play out. 1985, yeah, 85, a world hunt was held to Cohen, Illinois, down there. And I didn't hunt a dog in that hunt that year. I didn't have anything. And I know J.C. for a while. No, never had no answer with him or nothing. And after that hunt was over, I got a call. He said, love. I said, he said, this is J.C. I said, hey, bud. We got to talking. He said, uh, you hunting anything now? I said, no, I ain't got a dog on my place, J.C. He said, well, I got a dog here called John I bought out of Louisiana. He said, I don't think he's too much. He said, I'll meet you halfway and come get him and hunt him a couple of weeks, see what you think about it. He said, if you want to hunt for me. I said, well, I'll see what you got. And I got him, and I called him back in about three weeks. I said, J.C., I said, uh, if you want to hit the road hunting and try to win, I said, this dog ain't going to cut it. I said, he just ain't got it what it takes to win. He said, well, I thought that. He said, I got a dog in mind I've been trying to buy. I said, you do? He said, yeah. He said, he's called Missouri Porter. He said, I've been trying to buy him, but he said, uh, Bucky don't want to sell him. Bucky Kimball owned the dog. I said, all right, then. He went along there for about three or four weeks or a month. Then the phone rang with J.C. He said, Bud, that's what they call him most. He said, I got you a dog. I said, you do? He said, yeah. He said, I got old Porter about. I said, you do? He said, yeah. He said, Bucky Kimball called me at 2 o'clock this morning. Want to know if I still want to buy Porter? He said, well, sure. He said, well, said, I'm going to sell him to you. The J.C. gave 4500 for him. Let him half away, and that's how we got old Porter. And had a real good mouth. Wasn't real. He's about a 50 on the average strike, though. But uh, we played hunting down J.C., big cornfields down there in corn time. And that's where he lost most of his mouth out. He hit an old coon in a big cornfield. And after about 45 minutes to an hour, J.C. and I have tried to run him down to catch him, get him out of there. And that's how he lost most of his – well, you remember how low mouth it he was. And that's how he lost most of his mouth. But he, he, was a, he was a good dog. I've done a lot of winning with him. I sure liked him. And he would get off to himself and he'd tree coons. And I put him in the world hunt twice, and I was in one several PKC uh, pro hunts with him. But when I was winning with Porter and pro hunts, 
went by fifteen hundred dollars first place to then. That's all it was. And after a while it finally jumped up to four thousand. And that's when I got to hunting for J C and I hunted for him from eighty six until two thousand and five. I think that's what it was. And and what what made Porter special? He was just a coon dog. He wasn't nothing real special. You just turned him loose and he'd go hunting. And you could hunt him in Tennessee, Illinois, Mississippi, Louisiana. He was the same dog. He he didn't have to be in no territory. He just treed coons, and he done like he's supposed to. What all did you win with the old Porter? Oh, see, I won some $1,500 pro hunt. I won a whole lot of open hunts with him. And like I said, I put him in ACHA world hunt twice. I think the closest I got is... uh, fifth place with him i think it was well, what year did acha fall off right uh, i believe it started falling off and in, in 1960 my man, <laughs> <laughs> 1992 and that was the last one i hunted in and the last one i hunted in i had a little bit of had a little bit of a problem out there on the cast that night and i got irritated and i said what i thought and we had two master hounds out there on the cast and, and around. He said, got out there and they gave a little speech. And it was three of us left. It was Mr. Harley Wetterton, which was a good friend of mine, and Mr. Johnson. It was the master hounds out on the cast. And I forget who the judge was. And the judge asked the master hounds, he said, you got anything you want to say to the handlers? And Harley Wetterton spoke up and he said, yes, I do. He said, anybody caught striking or trend a dog has has not opened will be scratched immediately. No big deal. That's fine. Right in the middle of the hunt, we get in there. I'm treed for a hundred, other boys treed for seventy five. And uh what's his name? Uh, Mike Rafe. His dog ain't ain't nowhere. We sitting there waiting for the time to be up just before the trees did up through there. Rafe trees. I said, where? Rafe said, right there for them dogs. I said, Judge, ain't but two dogs barking. That's mine and this other gentleman's dog. He said, yeah, my dog is there. We're going to the tree. Get there. He is there. He just sitting there. He snapped the lead on it. And they had no garment back in. <laughs> yeah. We shined a tree, and it's a den. We don't see no tree. No coon. We got back there, and I said, Judge, what are you going to do about this dog here? I said, this dog ain't pulled the bark on this tree. He dry treated him. He said, I, I don't think I heard once. So we got back there. But at that time, Mike Rafe's on this one got into plus points. He's on dog treated coon so far. I think my member served, he had 75 plus. That's before we went on and caught the other coon on the ground. Anyway, and I said, Mr. Master Hounds, I said, I'm going to question this call on this dog here. Y'all said if you'd anybody striking or trend a dog that open, was going to be scratching no questions asked. He said, Mr. Johnson, come here. So they walk off and talk about it there for two or three minutes, come back. They said, uh, well, our opinion is we thought we heard another dog. Boy, I come unglued. I said, hey, I don't want to hear I thought I heard. You tell me you heard the dog or not heard. I don't live with that. But I thought I heard one. I said, ain't going to cut it. Arlie Wedding said, one more word out of you, love, and you gone to the truck. You scratched. I said, you might as well scratch it. He done put the screws to me anyway. I didn't say screws. I said something else. 
And anyway, went on, finished up, and we caught a coon on the ground, and that's the way the world went that night. That old boy knew he knew his dog was going to be sitting at the base of that tree. Didn't if it didn't, he was there. <laughs> hey, he knew his was going to pull to him. But so, that's the way that wound it up, and Eddie knows me well enough. I did throw a, a Tantanian fit out there, but Eddie knows me well enough. I'm going to say what I think. I ain't a very big man, but I'm going to tell you what I think when you do something to me bad. Yeah. You wait till you wait till I get to my telephone and I call Tony Secoy and tell him that you absolutely <laughs> ten minutes ago said you made a mistake and you admitted it and now you've admitted you will uh, have an argument. I am calling Tony Secoy and tell him today. So I think we were what we were at Porter in the what eighty seven PKC was was it PKC then? Yeah. Okay. It was. Yeah. It had done transfer. Yeah. It done PCA, PKC. PKC. Yeah. Okay. Where'd you kind of go from old Porter in 87, 88? Well, got there, Porter lost some of his mouth like Eddie over there. It was in 88 when we had the world up there. And we got to looking for a dog. I kept on hunting old Porter and around. So I wound up and uh, JC said, well, see what you can come up and get a younger dog. Look. I said, well... I'll see what I can find. So I went to look, and I went and tried out several dogs. Right down at this store, it's all passed down here. They had a meat hunt down there and around. And all. Then they had a, a ACHA a night hunt down there one night. And it was raining, and I went and tried out a dog from Mr. Jimmy Rowland over in uh, Columbia, Tennessee. And uh, he was fair, but I didn't like what I'd seen out there. It was raining. We quit, and I'll come on back home. It was about 11 o'clock, I guess or so. It was raining a little bit. I stopped off there at the store, the jail jack with them boys. Me something to drink, and Nathan Johnson that owns the store, he said, uh, what the dog look like, love? I said, yeah, he wasn't my cup of tea. I didn't like him. He said, you see that fella right over And I said, where? He said, fella sitting right over I said, yeah. He said, he's got a pretty good dog. He's been up here two or three times. He said, he's hunted the night. He's won his cats. He got 400 on two coons. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah. I said, what's his name? He said, Paul Leggard. I said, yeah, I'm on over. And I said, uh, Mr. Leggard, my name's James Love. He said, how you doing? And uh, I said, got a pretty good dog, they say? He said, ah, oh, he's all right. I said, would you sell him? He said, no, I wouldn't. I said, well, I said, would you care if I look at him? He said, oh, no, no. Lead was a fine-looking hound. I said, you don't want to sell him? He said, no. He said, if I did, he'd be awful high. I said, what do you call high? I said, let me be that judge of that. He said, I'd have to have 3000 for him at least. I said, when can I go hunting with him? He said, tomorrow night, which is Sunday night. I said, okay. I'll grab old Porter up. I'll go up there. <laughs> Right in my back door. I live 15 miles up the road here. I didn't know the man even hunted. And uh, we went to hunt. And again, it started raining again that night. We cut the dogs loose. And lead got struck and got treed in there. And uh, he had a coon. Porter got treed over on her. He had one. It got to rain a little bit harder. And lead struck some kind of track he didn't finish. It was right fast. Rack he running about 10 minutes and just dropped it. And up there, and Paul said, Love, it's raining pretty good. He said, we just go tomorrow night if you want to. I said, that'd be fine. Waited till on Monday night. 
I went and I didn't care a porter. I just went and hunted my lead. Went up there and cut him loose. Make a long story short, he treated two coons pretty quick and run some kind of varmint. I think it might have been a deer, but he just took that sucker right out the air and ran and shut it off. Heckler did back up the and come up. And I said, uh, I'm going to buy your dog, Paul. He said, really? I said, yeah, I'm going to buy your dog. He said, whew, I sure hate to sell my dog. He said, I'm not going to back out on you. I said, well, I'm going to buy your dog. So I bought his dog, and that's how we come up with the Lee. Lee, he was a grandson of Riverbend Flag. And on the ground, sound like a rusticating creaking. He had a terrible mouth on the ground. But when he come treat, had a beautiful locate, just a good chop. You wouldn't think it's the same dog. Matter of fact, the judge called it my attention one night when I got him struck in there, and the dog all in there, and I got him treed. And he said, love, you treated the wrong dog. I said, no, sir, I didn't. I said, that's my dog. He said, well, I ain't going to argue with you, but we'll see when we get there. He said, that dog's mouth a lot different than what's on the ground. Got there, and it was lead, like it was, but that's the kind of mouth he had. And uh, J.C. never hunted with it. So we gonna, he said, uh, let's take a little hunting trip. I said, yeah, where are we going? We went, and he's wanted to go see uh, down Louisiana down there. I can think of that boy's name. Coons, he was open down on the refuge. Anyway, we went down there and carried lead and stopped at this motel and got us a room. Went over and we, we drove through that uh, check-in place. And that uh, check-in man, he said, got one rule here. He said, you bring out what you kill. Okay. We got in there and started down the road. A coon crossed the road. He said, that's a good place to start, ain't it? I said, yeah, I got lead out. <laughs> he said, oh, love. Wow. I said, bam. Oh, that perked him up. <laughs> I think we wound up shooting out seven coons, lead tree two, just bam like that, and carry them in there and like that and around. But at the motel, this lady was waiting there. She said, uh, what are y'all doing? He said, we coon hunting. She said, uh, would you bring me one back to cook? J.C. said, oh, yeah, really? We brought her all seven of them back, but up there we going hunting the next night. JC said, well, she said, Oh no, I don't need no more. Said I've had plenty. <laughs> but we hunted the second night where we run into Jarvis and some more down there. I'm gonna get who's was with Jarvis. And the dogs come in there about where we was at and we were talking to him and Jarvis said, You have had any look? After the second night, JC said, Yes, yeah. said, we treat four so far. He said, we ain't treating nothing. Dogs are running everywhere. I don't know what they're doing. So I don't know how many jars now wind up treeing in there, but we had another good hunt, and we come on back home. That's when J.C. got the lead. I got to hit the circuit with lead and got to winning with him. Everybody wanted to see lead, and I charged him a quarter. I want to come see all them. Let me look at your dog, love. I said, 25 cents. I'll be glad to show it to you. Had a lot of fun, a lot of kickback like that. And then Ronnie Nickens, we battled it out for the for the races and all. Oklahoma was a hard song book to beat. But uh, I beat him twice. He beat me twice. We never had a, a saw hunt. We never did draw no more together. And that was a grandson of the flag, too? Yeah. Oklahoma was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, old Sheena was direct out of flag. He had his impact, didn't he? Old flag, did mm -hmm. Did you like Coma? Oh, yeah, I did. Coma was a go-hunting dog. Good tree dog, get by himself. And he would pay attention to his handler. You had to know Ronnie Nickens. He, he was tough on a dog, but he got every, he got 100% out of every dog he ever hunted. Uh, uh, what about uh, candy? Did you ever hunt candy? 
With who? Wipeout Candy. At that time. Uh, Devern Miller's dog? No, uh, Zeb's uh, mama when uh, they bred uh, Candy. Photo had her, uh, Barry Kitty. Oh, Kitty and what you had, the, the female. Yeah. 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 Now, I hunted with old Zeb quite a bit. I don't know whether I ever hunted with the female hunt. I hunted with Zeb. Yeah. Close hunter. Huh? A close hunter. Yeah. Yeah, he was a close star. <laughs> That song of bucks on here, whatever he struck, he run to catch it. He might not be after coon when he took out of that, but you bet your sweet honey when he got treated, he'd have a coon. Hey, they That's a real track dog. Me and Tyler oh, yeah. was talking about track dogs, and you mentioned it again. He would be on the list, wouldn't he, love? He would run that track. It might not be a coon every time, but what, like I said, when he took a track out of there, you was going to see a tree. It might be five minutes, and it might be 30 minutes. But he wound up with a coon. And Lord and behold, you would know that it wouldn't be after one. Barry said somebody told him, I, I don't know what Zev's running. Whatever he's running runs right out of coon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be panting hard, whatever it was, because that dude was fast. Too. Yeah, I hunted all with the West Tennessee boys. We hunted all together growing up there, Mr. Hoss Gannis and Tom Young. And, he had old Popeye. I like yeah. Popeye. Down there, all them boys down there, they... Always had a big time. Yeah. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. I know that candy was around the same time as Coma back then. I just didn't know if y'all was hunting hunting against him either. I, I want to know about Coma. You know, I think. I wish Mr. Ronnie Nickens, I wish we could have done one on him too. Oh, very good. Sure. <laughs> he, was, he was a ready boy, I'm telling you. Was, 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 there, was there many people hunted any harder than Ronnie Nickens' no, love? No, he hunted seven nights a week. He hunted every night every night and if it's a hunt somewhere he's going to be there and if you didn't watch it he's going to leave there with a little bit of money he was a good handler and he hunted a good dog he won't go hunting oh no the old flash dog he had years ago all of them everybody tried to buy him but he just wouldn't sell him he was a good dog no sheena was a good dog and he had old uh they raised coma from pup and i forget how many more other dogs there? But like I said, if you bought a dog from Ronnie Nickens, you can bet one thing, he would leave your feet. He would go hunting. Ronnie called me one right after I got lead. I never hunted with, with Coma at that time. He said, uh, I hear you got a pretty good dog, love. I said, yeah, he suits me, Ronnie. He said, you want to go hunting? I said, well, yeah, come on up here. We're going. Well, he come on up here and... Uh, we go over hunting one of my hunting spots and around, and we turned the dogs loose. And Lead left out fast. Coma did too. I, Lead went left-handed. Coma went right. He said a word. Lead went off in a hollering tree. We go down there. He's got a coon. He go back up there. We got the trackers there. Then the blue boxes. Get up there and Coma way off down yonder, about two miles. Ronnie said. We get closer. I said, yeah, we can drive down there. I said, he's down there next to a road. We load my dog up, and we just go off down through there. Here comes Como trotting up the side of the road. I grip my teeth. He said, stop this truck. Hold up. Yeah, come up there. He grabbed him up, son, and you talking about a whooping. And he just throwed him in that bog. We went on to some cornfields. Then we come back down here, hunt it down through yonder. Make a long story short, he called my trees a coon, lead trees one, they tree one together. And Ronnie said, well, 
I guess better head in. I got to work tomorrow. I said, yes, good hunting with you. He said, oh, by the way, love, said, you got a nice dog. I like him. Ronnie never did comment on me at all. <laughs> I said, well, I thank you. But a dog had to be a tough son of a buck to be on the Ronnie Nick. He's a good handler and a good trainer. And Ronnie done a lot of winning, and he done it with his dogs. He never hunted a dog for nobody that I ever know of. I didn't either. So what all did you and old lead win? Are you in the market for a new dog box and just don't know which one to get? That's where I encourage you to go check out GNR Cedar Dog Boxes, especially if you're wanting something different. GNR Cedar Dog Box was established in 2016 when two avid hunters wanted a dog box that was affordable and great looking at that. They provide a high quality, handmade, lightweight box to the customers. They take pride in the fact that their boxes are fully cedar, which will last a lifetime in all types of weather conditions. Cedar also ensures your hounds stay a little warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. You can find out more about GNR Cedar Dog Boxes on Facebook. G- find them at GNR Cedar Dog Boxes or give them a call at 615-962-5266. They're located in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, USA. Oh, man, I got laid run over about 22 months after we bought him. I wind up, before we got killed, I wound up winning $17,000 with it. Bred, bred a few females. And uh, Leeds pups that he sired had uh, won two Super State Championships, two fraternities, and several little hunts. So for for the people who don't don't know the fraternity that was like the super stakes. No, nah, it was another little hunt at that the, the dog fraternity down there. It didn't last. It didn't last real long. I think it sort of died out right about uh, sixty mm-hmm. sixty something right there. The fraternity found it out. That going up through there. We started going downhill and going downhill. I think a person never had to pay twenty five thousand dollars. And uh, Eddie knows who won that night. That one of Frankie Duke's buddies, what wanted the female? Well, Jerry Roach. Jerry Roach. Yep, Jerry Roach. Remember, she had puppies at the hunt in between rounds. Duchess, she was nursing them puppies between rounds, and he won the fraternity with a true story. Yeah. Isn't that right, what love? What year yeah. was that? 85, 80, it's something right up in the 80s. I don't 86, remember. I, I'd have to look at the history books, but, so, but we were there. It was at Mayfield. You said the 60s, it started going down. You mean the 80s? 80s yeah. 80s, yeah. yeah. Okay. It started, I, thought that's what, I, I thought that's what you We meant. were at Mayfield, but he, was, she was nursing puppies between rounds. That's yeah. crazy. And she's uh, bagged up tree and coons. Yes, like that, huh? And after that, like I said, the tutor started going down the money-wise and all, and the Finding order back uh, back when I won it, and uh, I got four thousand dollars. And then in '96, down there, that uh, Keith Medley won it, and he got five thousand. And after that, it just kept going. And finally, just just faded on out. We didn't have no more fraternities anymore. Then they started having the uh, Super stakes. No, you know, super stakes was going on at that time anyway, but started going to Breeder Showcase. Yeah, that's right. We went to it. Yeah. Where people could show off their pups out of their stud dogs and so to speak and like that. Then it finally played out. But now wasn't B Men out of lead, was that right? Yeah. 
out of leading Patty, <coughs> world champion Patty. Mm -hmm. That year of 1991, when uh, Patty won it, up there I, I was in the semifinals, and Frankie Dukes, I come in, I got beat, and the boy that beat me, he was in the finals. Frankie said, he won't beat me. He said, I'll, I'll take care of him for you, buddy. I said, well, I hope you win it. And he did. Old Patty. She was, Mayfield, Kentucky. Yep, she was a good one. Yep, she was a good one. Frankie Dukes on Patty? No, J.C. Ellis on there. Oh, but Frankie Dukes was hunting her? Mm -hmm. Okay. I was, I was fortunate to be standing next to Mr. J.C. when they come in the door. And love to tell you, they wasn't no cell phones or nothing like that back then. And those guys come in the side door. And when they did, uh, they introduced uh, fourth place. Mr. J.C.'s paying attention. When they uh, covered third place, then they introduced the second place. And um, immediately he knew that, you know, Patty was first. And, I mean, Mr. J.C., he was he was special, as in, like, I, every time I say that, Mr. J.C. But when he threw that big old paw up in the air and <laughs> give that fist pump, I mean, that's what he'd looked for all his life, wasn't it, Love? Yeah, yeah he, he, was, he was a good fella to hunt for. I hunted for him for 20 years. And he told me, he said, hey— I got one rule. He said, you win, you win with your dog. He said, a break is a break. A cheat is a cheat. He said, I don't go for cheating. He said, if we ain't got enough dog power, we'll find one. That was it. When y'all bred lead to Patty Love, how did you come about be men? How did that all, would you get him as a pup or what? No, I had him, uh, J.C. Had, had sold him to a fella up there, some of the pups, and B-Man was one of them. He sold him. And uh, the Dan dog that I hunted was out of lead. Anyway, uh, J.C. bought the pup back, B-Man. The man's name he got him from, that was his nickname, was B-Man. So J.C. just named the pup B-Man. Well, he let Jimmy have him, Jimmy Burton down there. Jimmy hunted there for a while. Jimmy told J.C., he said, I, I don't like him. He said, I don't think he can win. Well, J.C. called me and he said, uh, Love, I want you to take B-Man down there and see what you think about him. I said, all right, I will. And so I had him and Dan both. So I like what I seen out of him. got started. His biggest problem was he wouldn't stay treated with another dog. Another dog would come to him. He'd just pack it up and leave. That's what Jimmy didn't like about it. And I fixed that problem. I ain't going to tell you what I've done to him because that's my secret. No, no dog that won't slay a tree. One comes in there and runs him off. I pretty well know what to do to him. I'll ask Miss Fanny next time I see her. <laughs> she don't know who to tell me. <laughs> she can find out. <laughs> and anyway, I decided to come down. I went down to the fraternity that year and uh, had double elimination. I lost the first round and come back and won the next four straight in a row and won the hunt. Well, Lord and behold, two weeks later, the Super States comes off at Aurora. My first night, I lose my cast, and the rest of it's history. I never lost another cast, and I wind up beating one of my best friends on the late round. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Mr. Eddie Simmons. That's what I He got up there. I said, hey, Judge, Mr. Pete Hope was judging. I said, 
I got him. He come up there. He wasn't a very big tree, but tall sucker. He had a limb right this way. I said, right up on that limb, Pete. Pete said, I don't see him, love. Eddie said, love. said, you wouldn't try to do that to me, would you? I said, that's a cone right there. Y'all just watch him. I'll see if I can get him moving. I'll blow the squalor around. Lord and behold, that sucker just come up. He little bitty cone. He just stood up and walked right-handed out that limb and stopped, hesitated, and turned around and come right back to where he started from and sat right back down. I said, y'all see that? Eddie said, I sure did. He said, that's got to be the littlest coon in, in the state of Kentucky. <laughs> I guarantee it's just like Love told it. We walk up to that tree. I'm thinking, hey, I have just won the Super States because this is a slick tree. While, while I'm thinking about that, Love says, I got him. I said, what? <laughs> So we get over there, and it was a blessing for me. Oh. That coon stood up and went and did what he did because I thought, my goodness, that love is something here now. But he's a coon-finding rascal. I don't care what Tony Secoy says. He's a coon-finding rascal. Let me ask you another question, and then I'll let you get back. All these years you spent trying to teach David Dow how to find coons. How's that coming? How's that working out for you? He's the worst pupil in the world. <laughs> All the years that we've been down there at the truck hunting around, and, and most of the, the people, they'll tell you today, they said, just let love shine the tree, and uh, which I ain't bragging. I'm, I'm not as good as I used to be. My eyes ain't as good as it used to be, but the coon's up there, I find him most of the time. But anyway, Dial, he would follow around me, and I said, yeah, I got him. He pushed me out of the way. He said, yeah, right here. And I said, you can't find nothing. And they'd get to calling him back in between times at the club. Three for love and dial nothing. And all him making a little mad. He's up coming out of the woods right up there. He got to pull my ear. And we're getting ready to go out on the caddy. Pull my ear and get to the I said, I'll get you back. Well, I looked over there and getting these war clips that you know what you squeeze. It's about that wide. Looks like a clothespin. I put one in my pocket. All right, we go down through there and around, finish the hunt. We wait to walk in here to the last tree the hunt's going to be. We're wading water about knee deep. We go in there and, and uh, shine the tree, bind the coon, and uh, come walking up through there. I don't remember who's judging that found. I reached over and punched him. I said, Watch this. He said, what are you going to do? I said, just watch David. I just teased right up there, David, and I opened that sucker up. I let go of it. Boy, he squalled out. You could hear him holler 10 miles. <laughs> I said, grab my ear again, will you, buddy? <laughs> Two-time truck winner, David Dowell. I'm glad you're about to get him taught up there on finding them coons, love. For sure. I got a question for you, too. I, I, I was told to ask you, because we had a... They did interview Mr. Wayne Boyd on the podcast, and he brought your name up, and he said, you just asked James Love about why he don't ride with Harold Davis anymore. He said, he, he James Love told you he won't ride with him ever again. I will not. No. <laughs> why Why is that? He drives wide open, and he can't stay on his side road. <laughs> <laughs> but he, that's, he's sure enough, he said, you just asked James Love. He, he, said, he said he wouldn't ever ride with him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have thought him for a hundred dollars, boy. So we can get back to what you say. So you just beat Mister Eddie in the Super Stakes with the smallest coon in Kentucky. Where, where do you go from there? <laughs> well, see, I don't be man. We went from there after that. That was our first truck hunt that we ever had down there in Mississippi. The first truck hunt we ever had in nineteen ninety six down there, and I hunted B man in it. 
down there, and I wind up uh, winning second that year with B man. This Clay Young beat me with old no Zeb. Zeb That's correct. Truck Zeb, you're right, love. I was yeah. wrong. It beat me down there with that, and I reckon the the wipeout dogs. I guess I don't know. They've won more trucks than any breed of the dogs that I can think of. Yeah, they could probably open their own used car lot by now. Yeah, huh? I know Moose won two, and and uh, Billy Bell won two, Zeb won two, and Peanut Scott, his dog was out on Moose. He won two. Elmo won two. He was that stock of dogs. They won more trucks than any stock of dogs. They were truck runners. If you went down there walking, if you could afford to walk down there and hunt one of them, you'd have a ride back because you'd be winning your truck. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did you like them? That was kind of the time they really started coming on, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I liked about all of them. And, and I was fortunate enough to, uh, the boys give me a couple of pups out of some of them, but I never could get one of them to want to stop at the tree. They just want to run, 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 run. So... I didn't mess with them too much after, and I guess I just got a hold of a bad one. But oh yeah, they would beat your hind end. They all were good dogs. I hunted, but uh, first time I ever hunted with little Billy Bell, I drawed him with old Peaches, and we cut the dogs loose, and they get struck up through there. Well, we hear coyotes barking up there. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. And here come Peaches. She struck this time. She's bringing this track right down toward in front of down there. I said, boys. I said, these cows is that one of them dogs and looking at him. He did, and Billy Bell, he just dies like I said, well, there ain't nothing to laugh about. I said, he might catch that dog. Up there, it's about that time where that Peaches comes street. Peaches Street? Going in, it's all Peaches. <laughs> Billy Bell, but I said, Lord and boy, I said, she sounded like a cow. They had some tough hunts back then around this area, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Up through yeah. here, West Tennessee, and, and down to northeast mississippi and all i've done most of my uh, hunting now we had a few hunts around here not as many as they did other places i went to west tennessee a whole lot that's why i got to meet up a bunch of them boys down there and hunted with them but with tam and clay little man i call him hunted with them mr hoss Gainus and all some of the rest of them like mr madlock mr creasy and mr creasy and and all down there, it was all good boys under them a whole lot. We all about pretty much the same age, very close. I think Tam probably a little bit older than I am, I think. I'm 77, or will be next month. And I believe Tam's about, I believe he's about 80, maybe, him date 80. Now, Tam's always been a small fellow. When I first met Tam, he's hunting a, a black dog called Rock. And that son of a buck. Ooh, looked like a Chatlin pony. <laughs> the big one. But he done good with him. Love all the dogs we talked about and handlers. If you just give me a couple names of some of the toughest competitors uh, through the years you've hunted with, just, just throw me out some names that uh, just tough competitors. That's hard to beat? Yes. Today? It doesn't matter. Just tell me. When the competitors get together, they can go. People that you may think of. Well, the toughest dogs that I've been competing with was hard to beat was the wipeout stocks. I mean, I draw several of them because Ronnie had, had them and the other boys had them, and they were just hard to beat dogs. I mean, you'd, if you thought you had a cast one and had just a few minutes left, 
You don't be counting your chicken for the hatch because you're just liable to wind up losing. What about the people that handled those dogs, though, too? I mean, they had some pretty good handlers behind them, too, though. Oh, yeah, had good handlers behind them. And they knew what to get away with and what they don't. Out of, out of all the, the people you've hunted with and all the dogs, if you had to pick one duo out of all the ones you've hunted with and you said, all right, they're going to get a cast win tonight, who would you put your money on? Well, the dogs that I've hunted with, of course, you can't compare the ones I hunted with back in my first start to what they got today. But if I had to just walk out there and I had four dogs out out and he was in there and I had to lay my money down on that man and that dog, it'd be Ronnie Nickens. And what dog? Whatever he hunted. <laughs> he was hunting. Uh, <laughs> I, it's tough to get first strike on him, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. You couldn't get first strike. But, so I, I i think that's cool hearing them old stories that's that's funny and another thing i'd like to ask love i know you judged the final cast of the pkc world championship you were the judge of that one uh, tell me about that love because i just think man that's so much responsibility so much pressure and i've never done it so i can't speak about that so tell me what you felt when they asked you to judge this final cast and and how did it go well, Roy come up to me and he said, uh, do you want to judge the final cast? And I said, yeah, not really, but if you need me, I guess I will. He said, well, I'd like for you to judge it. Mr. Al Nunneman, he won it that year. And I forget who the guide was. Anyway, we met at this lake down there. And uh, in a boat, we had to go across and hunt it on an island over there. And Al Nunneman, and uh, I can't remember who all was else in there. We had a good coon hunt, though. Right at the end, we got in there old uh, wild time. She had to have a coon, and we got there. Water's been up so high over the years. Corn stalks are just like you took a dozer and pushed them up against this tree. This trees were about big as a stove pipe I guess right in the middle of it looks like where you stuck and just stacked hay like the old people did around it she's sitting right up on top of it Trent no no you get down there and get shining get up leaves on it and all and uh, Al he said I guess you'd run that sucker and then corn stalks there I guess right around there we got the shining and all and lo she had a coon up in the top of that tree I mean, it, was, it wasn't going to be too hard to not find it, but it wasn't there because it didn't have a bunch of leaves on it. But just getting there, I mean, you just have to, like, walking up on the banks, up on the corn stalks up there, like, piled up on there. But there it was. And Al Nunneman, which I know you know him right oh, there. When I, when I said, yeah, here he is, boy, he squalled. Wow! All right! <laughs> <laughs> we had a big time that night, but that's... I've been asked to judge them before, but I all had a lot of them. It don't matter. My grandson, Booger, if he was out there and I was judging, to me, he'd be just another stranger oh, yeah. right out there. And I've turned some down because you know how some people are, but the judge knows so-and-so. They big buddies. And I've turned some down being asked to judge that I did judge on, on account of that. If that person happened to win, you know how some people are. They're so loser they want to talk about the dog or talk about the judge or whatever. So. Well, Mr. Roy come to you and ask you to judge, too. That's pretty, that was pretty hard to say oh, no, yeah. Mr. Roy. Come tell people, love, that never had an opportunity to meet Mr. Roy. Say a few words about him. Oh, Roy, he was a 
he's a good feller. I'm hunted with Roe out there pleasure hunting and uh, and all. And he stayed right on top of things. He knew the rules. He knew how to put a hunt together on. And a lot of people didn't turn him down. He was that kind of feller. He treated people like he likes to be treated. And I sure missed him when he passed on, but he he, he was a good feller. He sure he wouldn't mind telling you what he think is right or wrong, you know. But there's one more I got to tell you about that uh, <laughs> we at the Winter Classic down there at uh, in Mississippi. Down there, the first one I went to with lead, the prime time lead dog. Right there, he was just a uh, fertility. But get out there, it's raining. Not bad, but it's raining. Guess who I drawed out with? Mr. Roger Dale Carney. <laughs> That's where I met Roger Dale at. We hunted out there. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. We hunted out there. I win my calf. Roger Dale wins his. And I forget who out there taking pictures. What are you going to do? Wait a minute. I said, well, I'd rather hunt it. And Roger Dale, Lord, no, it's raining. Now, I said, it's been raining all night. Oh, he didn't want it. Then it got to rain a little bit harder. I said, well, we'll just split it. And I got to telling people, I said, Roger Dale used to coon hunt, but I broke him from the habit in Mississippi. That was his last hunt he ever hunted in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. uh, now, how about Mr. Eddie in a plowed field? Oh, can, I, can you can you out can you outrun him in a plowed field? Ah, uh, he's pretty fast. <laughs> we was hunting in a hunt one night down there, and we was hunting in the bottoms, and uh, he was hunting a black and tan female. Hunt's over. Here we go. The guy takes us around. We hit this field. It's just a, a road right beside of a big open field down there. We just walking down there talking. Up there. Look back, back there, about 50, 60 yards behind us, there comes a light. Somebody said, there's somebody coming in behind us. I look around. He's nowhere to be seen. I said, Eddie, get your butt up here. Get up here and stand back there like that. Love, I'm coming as fast as I can come. <laughs> <laughs> well, I what I was now. This is just a joke. What I was really doing, I had a notebook and all them lessons love had given me in that two hours. I didn't want to forget any of them, so I was writing them down. And it took a little while because he could give you a lesson. I I'll tell I'll tell a story about about Mr. Eddie. You, you'll get a kick out of this one. Me and him, we we I hunt out a boat a lot down there in River Swamp, and it's it's some good hunting. You know, but and no, nobody really hunted. It's it's nice, but I got I got these inflatable life jackets. You know, like that they're 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 nice. I mean, Mr. Eddie loves them, loves loves those life jackets, and like you know, it, it'll inflate if you get in the water or whatever. You can wear it; it's real lightweight. Well, we was we was in there and we was hunting. And we had we had been walking for a little bit, and I think Bandit got tree. He's probably about what eight hundred yards from mm-hmm. from the from the creek, and so we head to him. You know, and I didn't pay no attention to what was you know. Well, we get to that tree, and there's three coons up it, I, I guess. And I was going to take a video because it's right on the edge of a slough. And I'm videoing, and <laughs> and I said, uh, I shined up that tree looking at them coons. I said, man, he's got some coons. Mr. Eddie lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> he done wore that life jacket the whole time. He done went walking. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Booker taught me that. Booker <laughs> said, you go take that life jacket off. I said, when well, we put this truck on the trailer, <laughs> put this boat on the trailer. And 
He said, I said, I said, Machete, don't, don't be that old slew. You know, you fall down, it's going to inflate that life jacket in there. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that, was, that was fun. But yeah, I, he lit up, boy. He lit up like a Chris Tress. Machete, you got a life jacket on? Because <laughs> got reflectors all over it. You know, that's, I figured you'd get a kick out of that. We were we down there at Walker Days down there, and uh, Eddie went out with him on the finals. He went out with me and wrote the score down for me. And we're getting ready to go at the motel. And up there, I kept watching him over there. I said, I think he's loading up to go home. I was talking to myself. He put in two big duffel bags, lights, <laughs> boots. I said, are you ready to go? Have you got enough? He said, yeah, little man. I, I think I got everything I need. <laughs> I said, woo. So we go fishing the next day. And uh, we go down there. It's the first time while we stayed, I've caught the crap out of my head. He said, what are you using? I said, I ain't telling you, this is mine. He said, oh, come on, little man, let me have one. So I let him have one as the first fishing trip. And we caught a few crappie right there. Well, the next year, come down, he brought uh, his wife, and uh, Tony brought his wife. We went on to hunting that night and got there. We all went up and went fishing the next morning. We got up there and they was throwing off there fishing. I slipped off over on the other side of the bank. And uh, I got over there and I got thrown out there to wreck a fish fun. I said, Here's number one, Eddie. I just kept running up there. And I and I told uh, I hollered there, I said, Carrie, come on over here on me, kiss some fish. He just kind of Eddie said, I'm I said, No, you stay over there, you ain't coming over here. And it's called about I don't know how many we caught. This little lady was sitting there with her grandson. She was from somewhere. She wasn't from there. We, Eddie asked her. She told him. And uh, got ready to leave, and we'll give her the fish. I said, we don't keep it. We'll give her the fish. She said, well, y'all can come to the fish fry then. But they live <laughs> she invited us, yes. Yeah, she invited she lived us a long way the there. We'd give her the fish fry. I don't know. I think we could. We called about 75, something we like that. We called a bunch of them. Love had to give lessons where the rest of us could catch them. But Love was talking about Walker days. I was very happy to get to go with Love several times. He judged the final cast, and he allowed me to go right on the scorecard for him. But we've seen dogs that went on to win the world championship, dogs that went on to be PKC Hall of Famers. And uh, we had a lot of fun doing that, and they had the right man judging. I never will forget one night, Dirt, me and Love was out there, and Dirk was hunting, and so I think Dirk got struck late one time or something. He looks at Love. He said, Mr. Love, said, I want to tell you something. He said, you may minus me 100 next turn of loose, but you will not strike me for 50. <laughs> you remember that, Love? Yeah. And we never opened up the strike the rest of the night. Never the opened up. went to 25. Yeah. I know years ago, I drove Steve Yant. He was a young fella. until. Old. And he was going down the wrong road about things he shouldn't be doing about cheating and all. And I, I got on to him pretty hard. I said, Steve, I'm going to tell you something, son. You're going to stay in this business. you got to do one thing, make up your mind that up there. Are you going to be a, a cheater or are you going to do the right thing? And he'll tell you today what I said. He said, yep. He said, love told me that. And so he, he got to be a... A good handler, Steve. Me and Steve, pretty good fellas. He's hard to get along with sometimes. He says what he thinks, and he ain't going to change his mind. If he tells you something, and if you think he's wrong, and you're going to change it, it ain't going to happen. He's going to stick to his guns.
Love, I, I don't want to miss this opportunity. If there's a youngster anywhere that, uh, listening to this that's getting into our sport or somebody new, and they said, Mr. Love, how can I become better at this sport? How can I learn my dog and what do I need to do to be successful in this hunt? What would you tell that person? Let me get my notebook real quick. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've helped several of them out there in the thing and all. I, I'd tell them just like I told my grandson when he started. He hunted with me, didn't want to hunt in the, in the hunts. And I told him his name's Jonathan, but everybody called him Booger because uh, when he was born, he was redheaded as a woodpecker. He walked in there and I said, eh, I guess I just might have called him Booger Red. And he had sort of stuck with him. They dropped the red over the years. Anyway, I told him, I said, yep. I said, I'm going to tell you two things you got to do, son. I said, first thing you got to do is learn the rules. And then the second thing you need to do is know your dog. I said, the best thing to do that is practice when you pleasure hunting. But when he comes treat in there, what kind of track he's after, just call back to yourself and see how long he's going to stay, if he's going to stay, whatever. I said, practice out that. But I said, the first thing, learn the rules. I said, you can't read them all at one time. You ain't going to remember them all at one time. I said, you remember Nip through there? I said, I guarantee you, if you don't know the rules, you don't know when you're getting shafted or when you ain't. I said, if you know the rules and something like that happens, I said, it'll pop right back in your mind that quick on what you need to question that or talk about it or whatever. I said, if you don't know the rules, you won't know what to do. And I said, that's what you need to do. Well, he hit the circuit with me right after he got out of school. And he went to handling for Rick Bogle, the Duck River lead dog. We bought him from Scott Angles when he was 13 months old. And Booger started hunting him. Done real good with him. We went to a hunt in Indiana, a pro hunt up there. And uh, I had an entry. And Booger's dog wasn't quite ready to hunt up there. And Jarvis said, I got you down to judge, Booger. I said, Jarvis, come here a minute. I said, he might not be ready for us. He never judged a pro hunter or nothing. Not up through there. He said, uh, did you teach him? I said, well, I showed him a few of the ropes. He said, that's all that needs to be said. <laughs> Went out there and done a fantastic job, but <clears throat> everybody bragged on him. Jarvis said, hey, I told you to be fine. And Booger started from that. And everybody that ever hunted with him or he ever judged, they loved him to death. Mr. Joyce come up there and hugged him one day. She said, Booger, said, you're the nicest young man of anybody I've been around, all these young people around here. said, they don't never say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and all that. And I said, Miss Joyce, if you knew my daughter, you'd know why. <laughs> <laughs> and then Booger went on to, well, I think he won about 37000 would relief. And the last hunt he hunted in, with the Super Stakes, 2012, he won it, the senior division out there. Then after that, he got married on me. But we still hunt a little bit together. Hey, y'all. Tyler here from Coonutton University. I want to talk to you a little bit about extreme dog fuel and what sets them apart. Superior nutrition at the lowest price possible. So they've been told the amount of vitamins and minerals they use in their feeds overkill and that they could reduce cost by incorporating less expensive ingredients in their formula. 
but they believe the right mix of important ingredients makes a huge difference in your hound's skin, coat, performance, durability, health, and longevity. They promise they'll never change their product to lower the price or to compete with cheap commodity dog foods. All their ingredients are taken from the South Central United States. So go check them out and you can find out more about Extreme Dog Fuel at extremedogfuel.com and find a retailer near you today. Extreme Dog Fuel, feed it for life. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about you and Rick. I know y'all got Eddie out here. I'm sure he's a little tight mouth. He probably don't like to bark much or nothing like that, you know. But how'd you, how'd you and Rick, uh, y'all's friendship begin, and then how did you start hunting for Rick? Me and Rick, when I quit hunting for JC, I was out of a dog there for, I don't know, I believe it was in, I believe it was right after the world hunt in October. And uh, it was uh, up there anyway. I got a phone call, and it was it was Rick, and he said, uh, "Love, would you like to handle a dog for me?" And I said, "I don't know. I might. What you got?" He said, "I got old Rat, and I got a young dog up here." I said, "Yeah, I might do it." He said, "What's your price?" I quoted him a price, what I had to have and what I expect. He said, sounds good to me. I said, well, let me ask you another question. I said, are you sure you want me or you want to get a younger man? I said, I got a little age on me. He said, if I wanted a younger man, I'd have called one. I said, okay, thank you. So I went up there and went hunting, had rat, and he had a dog up there, a young dog. And I looked at him there, hunted rat for a little while, and I told Rick, I said, uh, he's a good dog, and you know that. But I said, he just ain't my cup of tea. I said, he stays on the ground too much to me, pounds the ground too much. I said, I just don't like it. But he had that young dog called Mike. Well, I hunted him out of awesome good mouth. I don't forget what he's out of. I won a little bit with him. Then Slogo come on board. And he got to hunting rat, and then he liked Mike. So he got Mike, so he told me about Patrick. And uh, I said, yeah. He said, yeah. He said, a little mate to Nicky Hale stalking dogs up there. I said, yeah, really? He said, yeah. So at uh, the World Hunt up there, this boy hunting old Patrick come up there, and Slogo said, yeah. He said, he's selling love. I said, well, what do you think? He said, I believe he'd be all right. And he go, I'm not. I asked him, would he sell him? He said, yeah. I said, okie dokie. I said, can I go hunting with you tonight? And he said, yeah. So I went hunting with him out there on the cast. We treed two or three coons. And dogs come treed out there, and we couldn't find nothing. Old Patrick took his track right out across that cut over timber field right there where we shouldn't have been, took that track on around up through there, on down through yonder, just kind of been come treat in there on a ditch. We walk into him. It's daylight through there. I've seen old trees. It's all just cut over stuff, you know. We get in there, he's treated up a tree about that big, run on a little old branch. Shine up there, there's a king sitting on the side of the tree like a squirrel. We got on back up there and cut the dogs back loose. He wins the cast. And I said, I like your dog. I'm I'm going to buy him. We like to never got that sucker caught. He said, that's the only thing about him. He's hard to catch. You just have to slip up on him. I said, mm. 
<laughs> brought him, brought him home. I said to myself, I'll put a stop to that. I went to work on him in that hayfield right down there. In about three weeks, I had him when the hunt was over or where do you want to go home, if he could hear you. You watch that garment, he'd be coming, he'd be right there, don't matter where he was at. But he had a lot of sense. But he never more never did break him what his name was. He didn't know. I've done a lot of weird. I think he had a I think he had three hundred and fifty eight dollars one on him. And we bought him. And I don't know, I want I don't know, I have to look back and see. I want a whole lot with him. And it it really broke my heart when when they sold him, but that's when Rick and uh, Strickland went partnered together in hunting and he sold him out there and I I said, well, Rick called me. He said, John has sold old Patrick. I said, y'all's dog do what you want to. I said, I hate to see him go, but he sold him. But but he was a good, and Rick's been good to me. I've been hunting for Rick since uh, when I stopped with J.C. In 2000, I went to work for Rick in 2006, and I've been with him ever since. Thing about old Patrick, around up through there, I don't know what it was about Slogo, but Slogo, we was pleasure hunting up there at Rick's. Old rat got to jump up on the tailgate, and he missed it. So down there, Slogo got, he cusses like a sailor anyway. He got to hollering at him, get your butt up there, and he hit at him with the lead and got up in there. Patrick, he come unglued in that dog box. Whoa, what are you? You get around there. And wherever Patrick heard Slogo's voice around the truck, he started growling. I said, Slogo, get my dog out walking for me. He said, <laughs> he said, ain't going to happen. <laughs> and you're talking about world champion Triple Creek rat. Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was a good dog, but I I didn't like him. He, like I said, sometimes he'd stay on, he'd treat wax out of a coon and be by himself. But a lot of times, the thing I didn't like about him, if a dog got treated ahead of him out through there, he didn't want, sometimes he didn't want to go on there. He'd just go back and fire barking, but he never would go to that tree. And I didn't like that part about him. But he was a good dog. He was a good dog. He won a lot of money. I always think about Slogo out of all the handlers in PKC, and I'm sure I could be corrected, but I know for sure, you know, Sluggo's won the world. He's won the national championship. He's won the truck. He's won the fraternity. Uh, every large major event PKC's had, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Sluggo's won, uh, you know. I think he's won them all except Super State. Okay. I don't think he's ever won the Super State, so I don't think well, he showed. He has showed been a competitor. He's been, he been close. He's a good handler. He oh, knows yeah. the dog. He's been a good friend of mine for years and years, and one of the best ones in the world to stay in a motel with. You never know who's in there. If you're in there first when he comes in, you really have to be awake to hear him. He just comes in just as slow and soft, and he gets in the bed. Winter time or summer, don't matter. He gets in that bed, he curls up in the middle of it like a dog does. Just curled up, that's where he laid. He'd be covered up head and ear. Yep. Yep. We sure had some good uh, meals with Sluggo, too, at the World Hunt. I oh, look yeah. forward to, usually I guess it's on Wednesday, but whatever day Sluggo cooks some fish out there, hey, I'm not going to be late. <laughs> We's up at, uh, at Seth for Illinois up there at the Rand Lake Classic when he used to have that. The best thing I got in the room first that night. Then took a shower, went to bed. Slogo come in. He said, 
Love, you sleep? I said, no, I just got in here just a little while ago. He said, did you have any idea how bad it is to find a tick on a black man? I said, I never thought about it. He said, I'm covered up with him. I said, really? He said, reckon the store open? I said, yeah, the truck stop down up down there. I said, it's open. He said, I'll be back in a minute. He went and got him some Clorox, come back and poured some in the tub, run some water, and got in there and washed it. He was eating a little bit of seed ticks. Yeah. He said, I can't see him. He said, I got them all open. I said, well, Sluggo, we've been friends forever, but I said, I'm not going to look. <laughs> so so well, where'd you go from old Patrick? From Patrick? Yeah, but see, you got David Dow put us on a young dog up there in Illinois. We went and tried him out and, uh, and bought him as Eli Stone was his name after I gave it to him. We went and got him. His dog was named Snoop Dogg when we went and bought him. We went and tried him out that night. He wasn't with nothing. We carried old Patrick with us. And uh, treated a coon or two on the way home. Me and uh, Rick stopped by, and we cut them loose together. And went on through there, and Eli treated a coon. He said, I like that, don't you? Yeah, but we tried him out up through there. I said, Rick said, what do you think, love? I said, well, I see some things I like about him, but I'd like to see a little bit more. And David's sitting up there in the truck. He said, just go on up there in the truck. Him and the boy got him from were walking up through there. Let up there and load him with that, that uh, boy and let him out of the house. He didn't get his dog. And Rick said, I bought the dog. I said, I figured he did. He said, I liked a little bit like he did. Anyway, I brought him home. And he didn't know his name either, but he did after a while. Nice little dog. He had a problem treating a possum every now and then. But he by himself treated a lot of coons. And again, Mr. Strickland sold him on a knowing to me. And that's how we got rid of him. And uh, the boys, uh, Heath Johnson now wound up buying him. And they really looked. I liked him. He, he, they won a lot of money with him. But Rick, he said, you got to change his name, love. He said, I don't like that name. I come up and I called him and had a detective show on television come up and the detective's name was Eli Stone. I called Rick. I said, I got a name. He said, what is it? I said, Eli Stone. He said, sounds good to me. And that's where Eli got his name at. So I, I got a question. This is kind of off topic. It just kind of come to my head. What's the craziest question you've ever had presented while you were a panel member? <laughs> I had a bunch of them. <laughs> What's the best one? Oh, I mean, I have to think about that a little bit. If I'm not mistaken, it was a red dog in the cast down at the World Hunt, and they come in with a cast out there, and all of them presented to tell, and they all had different stories. And I'm always sitting on the panel, and I'm always the last man. That I like to listen to everybody. And, and the, the panel member, like Eddie, sitting there, and they asked the question, and they said, Love, what do you think? I said, I'll get to him in a minute, and I'll let everybody else talk. And I asked the boys up there, and I said, Well, I said, Sounds like to me. I said, I like to ask y'all one question and be honest with me. Was y'all hunting by yourself or was y'all hunting together? He said, always oh, all together. I said, I don't think he was. I said, y'all got four different stores. We just all out there together. I said, I don't understand. I said, why do you think that we can put something right when y'all don't know what's happening out there? I said, you got a question here, and all four of you got a different story about it. 
I said, best thing I can tell you to do is just push your chairs back and go back there and discuss it and try to come to an agreement with yourself before you present it to us. I said, we in the dark. I said, y'all got out there hunting together out there for two hours and you come on here with this question and y'all got four different opinions. I said, ain't no way we can iron it out for you. And they finally went out there and come back with it and the one that sounded the best, which he wound up winning, and he should have. The way it was finally presented, they all agreed, yeah, I think that's really the way it was. But it was getting pretty close, I ain't mistaken, to the end of the, the week. And you know how they are. They're always gasping for straws, and most of them don't mount them nothing when they bring them in there. But today, you got better judging. Now stay on top of things. You got less questions than we ever had. I mean, this year and last year, I ain't got near as many phone calls about, you know, going over rule circulation about a panel or something other. And it's got a lot better. And I'm glad it has. And it, like I've always told them, I said, boys, you go by the rules, you'll get along better out there. And I said, ain't no out there trying to pull something like this and around. I said, you get a break, that's fine. And I said, just trying to get a tree scored that ain't there. And the question go back out there and it ain't there. I said, somebody's going to get penalized. And when you know you're in the wrong, start with. I've had a bunch of them in my lifetime. It didn't amount to nothing. It's their money if they want to spend it that way. And most of them know a lot of times they're going to win. Now, just like down there at the, at the truck hunt one year, it's a good friend of mine to... <laughs> Boys out up there in Ohio does all that winning. What's the name? Jeff Dollar. Jeff Dollar. And water was that's that's the year that uh it's a little female wanted that uh Lane Leverett hunted down there. We go in there and we'd score this hunt's gonna be over. We go in there and and Jeff trees that dog back in there and he knows he's on the same tree. So he sent the judge on, he sent the backup judge on in there with him handling the dog, and we scored this last tree the hunt's over with the time we get back to Jeff. We walk down there, I guess it's 200 yards in water from knee deep to waist deep. We get in there, and I asked the backup judge, I said, what tree's on? He said, he's on the same tree, Mr. Love. Shine up there. I said, Jeff, it's the same tree. It is? Well, you know it is. I said, you call us up, offender? I called the boy on the, the, the phone in there, and I said, is the dog back on the same tree? And he whipped it. He said, I think so, Mr. Love, but he wants to come in there and score his tree. Anyway, get in there. And I get after Jeff pretty stout. And I said, Jeff, called me to walk in here, all of us standing here. And he said, well, love, you don't ever know what might happen. He said, you might have thought it was a different tree. I said, in your dreams. <laughs> But his boy, when I judged him down there, as good as he could be. I never seen a kid so excited in all my life. Again, we was in water. We go in there. We score this tree. It's going to be over. We're going this up a den. We're in water about knee deep, flopping around up. I get on the backside or I cut my light off and I see a little break in the sky. So I walk around and cut my light back on. I see this hole's about this big around. I pop my squalor. That that gone coon come up, looked right up. I said, I got it. Oh, here here he come around up the case of here he come running up through there. And the other boys, and that's where? I said, right there in that hole. I said, picked up there. I said, y'all just keep your light off right there and look at my light. 
right here. I'll blow a squall again, see if I can get him come back. I'll blow there for about 30 seconds, a little more, lower, and behold, that coon come right back up, looked up through there. In case the heat grabbed me around the waist, I like not a breathe. <laughs> <laughs> he was tickled to death. Uh, truck went in, rascal. Mm. Coming to you from Bushwhacker Nation 2022 Super Stake Sire 2022 Performance Sire PKC Pup Earnings over $400,000 Pro Sport Pup Earnings over $60,000 2022 Treeing Walkers Breeders and Fanciers Association Stud Dog of the Year UKC number 3 Current Reproducer This dog's name is Stylish Bushwhacker And he needs no introduction He's one of the hottest stud dogs out right now Located in Fredericksburg, Indiana. For more information, contact Justin Davenport at 954-614-8138. Thank you to Mr. Davenport for purchasing the Cunut University Stud Dog ad from the Shriners Benefit Hunt. All that money went to benefit the State of Missouri Coon Hunt Association annual Shriners Children Hospital Benefit Hunt, which will be held on September 24th, 2022. Y'all go check them out. So, this old dog you got out here, what's it? What's his name? I'm not Eddie. <laughs> so you call it? You call him Eddie, huh? Yeah, the boy I bought him from, good friend of mine, lives here in Alabama. I went pleasure hunting from time to time. I like the way the dog worked. Does he uh, lie as much as the other Eddie? He's pretty mild in places. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got him. I said, well, what his name? He said, I'm not Eddie. Well, where that name come from? He put him on there. They bought him, bought the boys with uh, Steve uh, Smith and them. Edie his name. In the supply business, Edie. He's one that he got the dog off of. And he, Eddie got to him. He said, Eddie. He said, I'm telling you, my dog, my name ain't Eddie, it's Edie. <laughs> so we named the dog Eddie, and that's where the dog's name come from. And uh, he's a pretty good dog. I, I've got to get him back in shape for the world hunt, so I got two inches down here at the qualifying hunt at Good Springs last of September. But I had uh, all this culprit stuff went on in 2020. And around my wife and I, we dodged it, stayed safe, tried to, and everything. We dodged all that. And around this past February, a new case of it broke out. And where I got it, I don't know. I picked it up somewhere. I was sick for about two and a half weeks. And sort of got over it. And Lord and behold, she took it. We had to stay quarantined here. We couldn't get around the kids or nothing. And, and after that, I went hunting one night. After that, and turned me loose. He got struck, got treed in there about on my garment. I remember it well. Looked, he's about a little over 400 yards in there, sort of flat, and then went up, he's up on the side of a hill. I started to him, and, and Eddie knows how I walk. And most of the time, I'd be there in a little while. I had to stop four times. I couldn't breathe. It, I broke out in a sweat. 
I got spooked, and I said uh, to myself, I talked to myself, I said, I got to get home. So I finally got my dog, went home, and I told my wife, and so she calls the youngest daughter with you, and we're carrying you to the doctor. I said, no, I'm, I'll be all right. I said, I just couldn't hardly breathe there for a while. She said, no. So she made me an appointment with a heart doctor. I said, no, heart's all right. She said, Dad, I believe you might have some blockage. I went to the heart doctor, and he examined. He said, well, I hate to say this, and he said, uh, I believe you got some pretty good blockage. I said, mm. so that made me, I had to go in, get that stuff done, and run in there and off the blockage. And the doctor, he said, I want to apologize. I said, for what? He said, you got no blockage. He said, sure fool me. So they run some more tests on me and everything. And all took me through stiff breathing. He said, went to a lung doctor. Then he said, well, Mr. Love, he said, uh, you got COPD. I said, I do. He said, yeah. He said, you smoke? I said, no, sir. I said, I quit smoking. Be 12 years this coming December. He said, when did you start? I said, Lord, I don't know. Probably when I was about 13, 14 years old. He said, that's it got you then. He said, you just, you just gradually, gradually, gradually. He said, I can't cure you, but he said, I can help you. And he said, I'm going to tell you, he said, this hot weather's going to be rougher on in than cold weather. And he's right. Sometime I can walk to the dog pen down there. I'm fine. And maybe the next day I'll walk down through there and I'll just have to guess for, for breath. So they put me on the inhaler. I got to do it every morning after breakfast and, and after supper. It ought to be pretty good for what it cost. <laughs> up through there. It ain't very big. It's a little over $300 for a little old tube, but the insurance paid it all but 47 But that ain't too bad. It'd help you breathe a little bit. Oh, yeah. But that's why I ain't been hunting here lately. But I'm fixing to get back after it. And my wife, and you cannot go by yourself. So you get out there, I won't know where you at. I said, well, I can call somebody. The phone monitor, you're not going. Then the girls, no, Dad, you're not going by yourself. So Booger, he said, I'll go back to hunt with you for the regular Papa. And he said, but have to, I'll hunt Eddie in the qualifying hunt for you. And he said, and I'll get back from vacation. He said, we'll get started up. And they got a lot of coons over there where they And we got, you think you're in Illinois right now in Tennessee down here. Wow. We got coons out the yin yang. Nobody hunts down here anymore. There ain't no hunters around here. I got it all to myself. And, this, <clears throat> and I was at the store the other day, 1st of July, and the game warden down there, and I said, hey, possum police, that's what I call him. <laughs> hey, love. <laughs> he said, I said, well, I can shoot me out one now, season open, 1st of July. He said, oh, you can kill four if you want to. I said, no. Yeah. He said, oh, yes, the coon season starting 1st of uh, July is open year-round in the state of Tennessee now. He said, ain't no closed season. He said, there's so many people, but what, what they're doing, they're protecting the turkeys and the deer stuff, but the coon don't do all that to the turkeys. Everything else does. But. Love, I want to ask you a question about uh, layup dogs. You know, I love to be in the woods, especially if I'm leading it, a good layup dog. You said, oh, Eddie, tree a layup. Uh, do layup dogs come in born accurate? 
or does it take time and age and hunting a layup dog? How does that work in your opinion? Well, that goes back to it's bred in a lot of them, but it goes back to you. You track dogs, really. You take an old trailing track that's been on the ground for a while, dog might not say anything. But he'll trail that track in there where them coons has been up and down, and most time he'll just come tree. That's what your layup dogs come. They just don't go. And then one just goes in there and turn them loose and bam, comes tree down there about 100 yards. That's not a layup dog. He smelled a hot coon or he's treated a blank one. Most time you lay up dogs and they're working them acres, they'll open around, open around a little bit, and sometimes might not say nothing. They smell that track and they get it to where they want it to go, then they'll take it out of there. And if it don't go, they'll get to look in these trees and first thing you know, bam, he he done popped on it. And Eddie down here, he's not a a hard going dog. When you first turn him loose, you can turn him loose with a cast of dogs down through there and he'll take off with them and everything, but he's gonna go his separate ways and around. <laughs> And he might just tree one right out there in, in front of his other dogs is missed. And after a while, if he don't smell them, then he'll drift on in yonder. And around, it's like down there at uh, World Hunt last year, I draw Stephen Smith, which Eddie's out of old Harry Balls and out of a female out of Hurricane Hardy. And uh, we turn the dogs loose. I get last strike. Everything gets struck ahead of me. And right out in front of Eddie just comes street. I get him treed. We're going there. He's got a coon. And the other boy trees in yonder. I walk a minute and cut my dog back loose. And we start in there to him. Eddie just wheels back. He's about at the same tree just about. That's what they think. I get him struck. I get him treed. This dog's a long ways. I wouldn't have treated him that quick if it had been close. But I said to myself, I don't want to walk way in yonder. and have to walk way back in there. So I get Eddie treat, and we get down there to five. Up. We done walked in there about 75 yards. The judge, he said, you go back and, and handle your dog, and we'll be back in a minute. And I said, yeah, right in a minute. With this other boy in the cast, he went back there with me. And up there, Eddie was about, oh, no, about 15, 20 feet in between trees on a different tree. That's the same side. I, catch him. I knew he went back at the same. He don't go back the same tree. They went in there, and, and that dog's not got anything. And boy, withdraw. He done took a hundred miles right out of the truck for striking his dog under the minute, and he shut up. Next time I heard him, he was way through the country. Anyway, they come back in there with Stephen dog. Gets treated on the other side of the creek. We don't find anything. Well, I got me two Coon Street. We cut them back loose. Eddie gets struck, gets treated again out down there in front of us. Stephen dog gets treated again. And go, she's got a coon. I don't find my coon. We walk a minute and cut my dog loose. And here they went on in there to the judge's dog. is way on deep down in there. And I said, Judge, you hear that dog? Yeah. Eddie struck. Eddie treed. Well, Stephen trees his dog across the creek over here. We get in there to Eddie. He's got a coon. I look at my watch. We got a little over two minutes left in this hunt. I cut him loose. We're going to Stephen's dog over there. I'm telling to myself, Stephen's got a coon. He's going to beat me. He's going to have 400. He's going to be ahead of me. He's going to have 450. Eddie opens up right out here, right hand or left handed. So I looked at my watch. Got about 30 seconds left in the hunt. Do I tree or do I don't? Eddie Treat, 
Judd said, you just barely made it, love. And uh, Stephen he said, love, I wouldn't have done you that away. I said, well, if you got a coon, I'm going to be losing. And I don't know what I got over here. So uh, them boys was crossing the river to get to the trip there, and uh, we shined the bank, and you see the coon sitting over but the boys that was out there spectating with uh, Stephen, he said, we'll go across over and get her. If we score, we go to mine. Hunt's over. I catch my dog and tie him back. And Joe uh, said, you ready, love? Stephen said, I ain't on to shine. I said, here sits the coon right here. He said, love, I wouldn't have done you that way. But we walked back to the truck, halfway to the truck across this pit cornfield. He lets out the dangest. He said, I don't like to get beat. <laughs> and the boy I bought Eddie from, after he called him next day, he said, Stephen, you ain't ready for Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. that's, that's pretty good. What you were saying earlier about you don't have anybody to hunt with around here and, you know, whatever, but this we reach a good many people so i mean if anyone in the especially any youth right around this area that wanted to go hunting could they call you up and make hunt with you oh yeah yeah it's belfast tennessee area huh? there's several boys down here that uh like lane Liberty brought him up through the ranks he'll tell you that he calls me papa and his boy down there uh wales boy down there to carry him on. I hunted by myself a whole lot. One night he called and he, he said, Papa, are you going to hunting? I said, yeah, I sort of going to work my dog by himself a little bit tonight. And, uh, and around my wife, she spoke up. She said, is that uh, the whale boy? He didn't have no drive line. He wasn't 14 that time. I said, yeah. She said, hey, you tell that kid to come up here and go hunting. If he wants to go hunting, you take him hunting. I said, well, I'll tell you one thing, honey. I'll sure do it. So I, told, I said, just come on up. Just come on up here, Ethan. You, we'll go hunting. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I'm i good, Mr. Eddie. You good? We, you got anything? Oh, yeah. I'm going to just add to what I used to yeah. put at the end. So, if, I mean, if you're good, you got any more questions or anything? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say my piece and then, okay. well, I could say this, Mr. James. I, I I really appreciate you inviting us into your home and allowing us to conduct this interview. And I, I, I'm going to tell you, it turned out great. We got a lot, man, we got some history captured on this thing. I really do believe that. And I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface. I know we're kind of crunching for time a little bit here, uh, but not, not really crunching, but I mean, you know what I'm saying, but you know, it it just, we're going on two and a half hours and I know, you know, (laughs) get tough and, but I, I do appreciate it, man. It was it's great to to hear all the stories and everything. And I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface. And I know Mr. Eddie's gonna give his give his spiel and you know, y'all two have been great buddies and I think it's cool to see the way that y'all kinda inter- interacted and I think the uh listeners are really gonna gonna feel that you know, personal connection y'all have, or I guess what you'd call it. But anyway, I just want to tell you that and I do thank you for allowing us to do it. Well, I appreciate y'all coming and a lot of stuff I forgot and I couldn't remember. Of course, uh, I'll be 77 next month, and and I'll make this world hunt. I hope I can. And I was hoping I could go to 80, but I might have to hang it up. I don't know yet. I just have to wait and see when I get started back and get active out there again to, just to see how I'm going to produce. I don't want to put myself in no danger, so... You might need to just get you a blue tick. 
just something I ain't got. <laughs> well, I'm not prejudiced. I like any kind of dog if he's a good one and around there. But uh, Eddie, Eddie and I have been friends for years, and I've got a lot of good friends, and I hope we'll stay friends. And, and all, like I said, we'll have to wait and see what, what this year's make. I done told Roger, I said, well, I might have to quit. He said, well, you can quit hunting all you want to, but you ain't going to quit PKC. He said, you still come around. I said, no, nope, if I can't hunt, I ain't coming. He said, oh, yeah, you will. So I let him talk me into taking the Walker days four more years, but he ain't going to talk me into it this next time. My turn will be up this next year. And... Let somebody else have it. Some younger people can do more. And Walker days are just like uh, all of the other breed hunts. They're going downhill. People don't participate in them anymore like they used to. It'd be 100 dogs or better at them. Not anymore. Some so much big money hunts out there, and, and people's hunting for the big money now, and they ain't going to the breed hunt. You go to breed hunt. I don't think a breed hunt's been filled up, but this is my eighth year in it. As president of the Walker Association, and I think the first two years I took it over, we had pretty good crowds, and it just kept going down and down and down till it, like all the rest of them, it's just uh, they're gone. The little hunts, they history, they history now. People's going for the two and three and four and five hundred dollar, five thousand, sixty five hundred dollars, and all that. They going to that now, and you can't blame them. That's where the money's at. If you got a good enough dog to compete in it and win. Yeah, have at it. I'm happy for them. But this younger generation, the way the money is now, $6,500 hunts and all, the old people come up through the ranks like I did, and you didn't win a lot of big money, $5,000, $4,000, you open hunts. And I think my earnings are up through there until all this started a little over a hundred grand. But these younger boys and these bigger hunts, shoot, they done passed us big time. They done passed us triple. Well, you can go to a, a hunt like a $6,500 hunt. Some of them, they get in three nights. What is it, $1,800 a night? Look at there, what they got. But that's good. I'm proud for them. And I wish them the best of luck. But, but to make a long story short, I've had a good run. You have love, and uh, you've been a blessing in my life and a, a good friend in my life. And I, I'm not going to say you give me lessons you taught me about this sport you you've definitely done that as a friend and uh i personally don't think you're done only the good lord knows uh we don't know what tomorrow brings for any of us uh god's in charge and all we can do is hope and pray and do our best and everything like that and uh kind of what i'd like to say is if anybody is out there listening i i would i would like to remind you what i have to remind myself god loves us almighty god that created the heaven earth uh the sun, the moon, uh, the oceans, that God Almighty loves us, and we're his most prized possession, and he wants to have a relationship with us every day. He's given us his word, the Bible to read. He's given us the opportunity to pray to him and have a relationship with him. Uh, he's offered us a pardon. Jesus Christ, his son, died for all our sins, past, present, and future. He's offered us a pardon, but we have to accept that pardon. So uh, 
I hope everybody will think about that. And some days I have to remind myself. So I just like to remind everybody of that. And once again, Tyler, thank you for letting me be involved and love man as always. Uh, thank you. Anything else you'd like to add? Are you good? I'd like to say thank both of you for giving me the opportunity to present myself over my years of what I've done and, if anybody out there needs any help with anything, feel free to call me. If I can help you in any way with the rules or whatever, I know you don't need no help because y'all done got smarter than I am, but I'm always around. If you want to talk, just all right, I'd like to hear from you. Y'all heard it from the best. He's giving free lessons. It usually costs, what, $30, huh? <laughs> $0.25 cents to see Eddie. Yep, $0.25 <laughs> cents to see Eddie. Well, all right, Mr. James, we about to log off. Thank you, buddy. really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as i did if you like what you heard here go on over to facebook give us a like at coon hunting you also go to apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review it really helps us out and remember if you need a new hunting light do not overlook superior they make an awesome light best customer service in the business man their walking light and double red is the brightest i've ever seen use coupon code chu podcast at checkout at nighthunters.com you can find the link in the description box below this coon hunting university is a product of audio hound productions until next time y'all have a wonderful day